So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This is Matt Speedy alongside my critique of in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BBB Radio and also retrospect reviews because today, finally, 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 uh, we will be, you know, talking about the 35th anniversary, or I should say celebrate the 35th anniversary of one of the most iconic um, action and sci-fi films ever made, in my opinion. Of course, we're talking about 1987's Robocop, right? And, um, you know, in terms of, like, what we're going to talk about here today, um, there really wasn't anything worth checking out theatrically. Like, I know Beast yeah. is out right now, but it's like, right. I, I really got to spend money to watch Beast. Like, 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 I'm like, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I like, like, no, um, no disrespect to, to Idris Elba or, or Shao to, um, Copley. I think that's the name, right? But yeah, I, I, I can watch it at my house. <laughs> it, it just feels like one of those shows I could just watch in my house, man. You know what I mean? Not, not to say that it would not make for a theatrical, a, a great theatrical experience. Maybe it will, but I don't know. I could just watch it at my house, right? Yeah. <clears throat> So I just decided to, you know, because basically with, with when it comes to Robocop, um, the, you know, the anniversary for that was literally, uh, you know, July 17th, right? So, you know, we're in August right now, but no matter, you know, it's still, you know, 2022, you know, so we could still celebrate that 25th anniversary, right? Um, after that retrospect review, uh, we will get into, you know, the more recent stuff. So I will talk about episode three of Visa Claw. Uh, we will talk about um, Tekken Bloodline, which is the newest anime, you know, series to come out of Netflix. Uh, we'll talk about some um, MCU stuff. So we have season one of I Am Groot. We have the series premiere right. of She Hulk Attorney at Law, and you will close things off with Orphan First Kill, right? Sure. So let's not waste any time, y'all. Let's jump into RoboCop, right? So. Um, as you know, as we normally do with retrospect reviews, you know, it's not just so much about when the movie was, when the movie came out and, you know, the impact and all that, but, you know, how, how we were introduced it and how, you know, the, the, the film and, you know, subsequent films in this franchise um, stood out to us, right? So for me, right, um, you know, this came out in 1987, right? So at that time, I would probably would have been three, right? So I would not have known, honestly, I didn't even know about robocop at all until 1990 right even though i was pretty young i was aware of you know um theatrical releases because uh reason being is because you know they used to advertise those things on tv right you know uh that was back in the days when we had the uh, big six that was before it became the magnificent right. seven right of um china of cinemas in trinidad right so yeah i would be i i, I was first exposed to robocop ironically through robocop 2 I saw the ad fit on TV. And I was like, okay, right. well, too young for that, but that that sounds interesting, right? Um, I also knew that there was a cartoon series for it, right, an animated right. series. But honestly, I can't remember for the life of me where I first saw it. I don't think it was on TTT. It yes. definitely was not on on TV six, but I know more than likely more than likely AVM. AVM used to have a lot of like off off ball cartoons, like they somehow get the license a lot of those. So oh yes, it's probably, yes, it's, yes, it's probably AVM. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably, probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing a couple episodes of this uh, of it though, but I can't honestly tell you if they were good or not, right? But I'll talk about the TV stuff in a bit because another TV show I want to talk about in particular. The thing is, it had a show that was basically the RoboCop show. That is a, a show called Cops. Uh, yes, so yes, which I character. do remember. <laughs> right. So the main character of that, he's pretty much RoboCop. Uh, Oh, you're talking about the the um the, the, the black police captain. Yeah, BA, BA bulletproof. BP. Right. That was his yeah. name. Yes, yes, yes. I also remember his um his his tagline, 
it's crime fighting time. Yeah, like, I on. never forgot that. That was it's hard. Still, listen, to this day, I still want the best goddamn cartoon that shows ever. Just look at who and tell me how bad it is. No, it is. It is. I, 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 I always remember, like, the team song, or <laughs> the opening sequence, all that kind of stuff. But one day, I should really, like, go on YouTube and just look for old episodes and just binge that shit. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but, um... And we get a like team song and what what you know that whole aspect of it you know because clearly it was biting Robocop here. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, exactly we're gonna take a break of that too because you had to talk about the influence of this film right. Yeah. So um just just stick with the TV bit um just one last time right. I do remember the live action TV series right which aired on TV six I remember they used to show it uh yeah. Friday nights at eight prime time right and I just remember used to watch it I was like. Like, I, I can't say for sure that it was faithful to the source material, but I just looked at it as, oh, okay, that's that's fine. That's that's okay. It, it, didn't, it didn't, like, piss me off or get me mad or I thought it was trash or anything like that, right? But the reason being is because I was just only going off of the first movie, which I ended up seeing um, on cable when I first got cable, right? Um, I saw it... Uh, <laughs> Actually, in its censored version on WGN, you know they were they were kings of showing you know censored content. I mean, look at Die Hard two, you know as a as a perfect example. Yep. Yeah, but um, it was only like afterwards when I started to get into the Criterion Collection. Now that's when I saw the un you know the well I don't want to say the unrated but the uncut version, right? That's where well basically you know this this show is is quite legendary. For you know, it's trimming of particular scenes that were deemed extremely violent. So right. seeing what really happened in certain shots, I was like, oh, okay, that's why they cut that. All right, nah, now, now I see, now I see, right? And I'll right. talk about the whole violence aspect of of, of this show as well, too, right? But yeah, I, I, I saw it, I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? For 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 what it was, um, it didn't bloom a bloom away at the time, right? Because I mean, I was like, when it came to E.T.'s movies about you know machines, the two shows I would go to were Blade Runner and Terminator, right? But right. Robocop just had a, you know, I had a soft spot in my heart for it, right? It's just over the years, when I like watched it over, it's like, yeah, yeah, the show real hard. And now I have it as amongst one of my all-time favorite movies, right? It's the funny thing, right? I never saw two or three because I just always heard that. This is around the time when I got um, the internet that, you know, they, they just were pale in, in comparison yeah. to the original. Uh, two, you know? two, two, yeah, two makes, two makes the mistake of not playing it, playing it a little too straightforward. Like, yeah, the problem too is that it's two on the nose and doesn't really get, like, why the first one works. And then three is yeah. just trash. Three is just one of the worst films of rubbish. No, I, I, I know, I know. And and in preparation for this, I actually watched um two, right? right. I saw yes. I saw three, I saw three and kid on. And I remember... Oh, okay. Right. I, when, I when, um, this came out in, um, in, in 93. Right. Right. I, I, I just remember how bad it was and how forgettable it was. I remember just not paying attention to that movie at all. And this is kid oh. on it. You know, like, yeah. Um, Right, I I remember the, the trail of it. I remember it showing on TV, but like yeah. even back then, I just always knew, nah, something was off for this. And the and real it, reason it, it, is because the rating. Like I was aware right. of ratings back then. So you tell me the first two movies is R, and this one here is PG thirteen. Expect yeah, me to, to expect it, right? that tree gonna be any good? No. Yeah, you know, it had good, it had good ideas and and good people in it and thing. You know, like CCH Pong, that was in it and thing. Like, but okay. yeah, it just it just didn't work. Right, right, right. So, so that's 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 wrong. So, I remember my history with with this um, franchise, right? So, um, in preparation for this, I like finally watched uh, RoboCop two, and well, right off the gate, I was surprised that Frank Miller, Frank Miller, yeah. wrote the script for this. I know, like, I, I I read it up quickly on Wiki. There was some real chicanery behind the scenes with who was going to write this and who was going right. to do this. Well, and all it, that it, kind had of a, stuff. it had a lot of drama. Real, real craziness. 
Well, well, Verhoeven, Verhoeven, had a lot of like when he, remember he came on the project kind of late, right? Um, oh, okay. Then but they were shopping around. They were shopping around for directors for a while, and he came on pretty late. So he he wanted to change. He didn't like the draft for the script, uh, the second draft, and he wanted a third draft, and they, they really pushed for that. And then ultimately, he kind of cut to um, what do you call it? You've actually cut to going back to the second draft, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. So it's all of that. It's all of that like back and forth that that made it strange, now. Right. But yeah, but just to talk briefly about um, Robocop 2, right? Um, just, just seen it for the first time, right? Um, this this just felt so lackluster, but like like yeah. they have they have ideas here, yeah? but it yeah. just felt like it just it was just all it was just on focus. Like one minute you want to talk about Robocop and you know the the, the three main protocols, and oh well he he's supposed to be more endearing as a cop, so they right. just stuff him with a whole bunch of protocols, and this is like really cringeworthy like set of sequences involving him trying to be all nice and all that kind of stuff. You right. know what I mean, um, and it just didn't work. And then like when they like they literally kind of reset that, like literally. In the film, they just reset it and kind of forget like it happened, right? Um, also, the villain, which ironically is Robocop 2, um, right. didn't make any sense to me. The whole idea of taking a criminal's brain and putting it in a body and, oh, he's a cop now, makes makes no sense. Uh, right. Also, then, like the, the villainizing or the further villainizing of uh, of the old man. Um, I, I I just felt like it it just was it was just pointless. Like all right, like we understand OCP, which you'll talk about later, is like the big bad evil corporation. But here's like all right, like, like clearly you all didn't learn all the lessons from what happened in the first film. So let's right. just do all this crazy stuff, and which makes no sense, right? right but yeah. last thing, lastly, in terms of, of that show, right? Now, it didn't take me out of the film, right? But I'll tell you the reason why it doesn't work, right? Now, even when I saw it for the first time, I knew this this ruffled a lot of feathers, and that is the the um, the character of... Um, all right, well... No, yeah, the, the second film, the reason why the second film just don't work is that, it, again, it plays it plays the first film on its face a little too much. Like, the first film, Agreed. it has everything the first, you like about the first film, right, in speech. But this one, this carried too far, and it's, it gets to the point where it's like, all right, well, yeah, like, you gotta get a joke, you're running to the ground. Yeah, but, and it, it, you're just looks, really not seeing anything, right? So, it's right. a case in point, right? So, yes, you have the character of, um, you know, Hub, right, who's played by Gabriel Demon, right? Gabriel Demon, sorry, right? This this 12-year-old kid, right? And early on, you've seen this guy, like, like with guns, like, automatic weapons and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And talking down to people, cussing them out and all that kind of thing, right? Like, you know, like, I, I was actually surprised by seeing kids, right? And this is a 1990 film, eh? like, using F-bombs and stuff, right? I know Prude ain't saying that, but that just kind of caught me by surprise, right? So not surprisingly, my boy, late great Roger Ebert, was, like, real offended by that. Like, how can you have this this 12-year-old kid, you know, shooting people and cursing and all that kind of stuff, right? And it would go as far, he would go as far as put it as one of the worst films of 1990, right? Uh, but, yeah, you're, you're right, though. It, it just kind of lost the point of what the, you know, the original show is about. It just played things too straight, right? Case in point, there's literally a scene involving some guy who who robbing um, some, some store, right? And you have this this little league's team robbing the place, right? Yeah. This would have been a great moment for the show to say, oh, this is like the influence of crime and violence onto the youth. But no, they just play it straight. It's just a yeah. bunch of kids robbing a guy. And it's like, yeah. it, it, it just take it out, though. It makes no sense. Like, know? okay, here's the thing. In the original Robocop, again, we're going to get into the first film, but like, like the, the, the first film, why, why the first film, this, the first film we're going to talk about works so well is that because it, it, it has the absurdity, but the absurdity has a plausibility to it, Right? Everything about it is like, yeah, this this kind of crazy, and but all of it makes sense, like in the world. The second one was just nonsense, like none of it makes sense. Like how how is that? Possible? Agreed. 
Why would you yeah, do it like none that? of it made any sense? Like, exactly. like even the ride down to the kids and all, Robin, please makes yeah. no sense. Like a that whole, no a whole team, a whole, um, you know, the league's team that makes no yeah. sense, right? But yeah, that that was me with Robocop too, right? Um, I I didn't even bother to watch three because I just yeah. always heard how bad it was, right? Yeah, but I will close, bad, yeah. yeah. But I'll close with this, right? Um, the remake from twenty fourteen. Right. I saw that in cinema. Um, yeah. and. and Here's it again. Like like right off the bat, the moment they say this is gonna be a PG two, they was like, okay, big big yeah, red flag like right there. Whoa, whoa. But I was curious because it was a remake. I wanted to see what it was gonna do. Right. The only thing in that show to me that made sense in terms of what they were going for was Samuel Jackson's character, him being basically the, the media news guy. So but yeah, basically kinda, they kinda, kinda have him as a sort of a of a, a Bill O'Reilly kind of right. archetype. Like he's that right. type, right? Yeah, he's, that's he's to me made sense. Yeah, he's Bill O'Reilly, because... Bill O'Reilly, but he's worked like a kind of muse almost in the, in the narrative. Uh, it, it was interesting. Okay, so yeah. I, I, uh, I, I have other than that, nothing. Well, sorry to cut, but other than that, nothing clicked or worked with me. I won't say it's a terrible film. Eh? Like I didn't walk on the show saying, "Wow, that was a huge waste of time," boy. But it, it, it just didn't work. Um, it just lacked the 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 force. It, it just lacked the ambition. It lacked the intelligence um right. even in the I, violence aspect of it that the first film and it just felt watered down and i'll just close this with with one last thing it was just painfully clear that you didn't need to remake this thread like there's no need to remake this thread like even right down to you know making his suit a bit more like black in a sense like all that stuff like why like all this stuff was just all well, these decisions that ultimately yeah. just don't work at all right yeah, they, and i'll stop just that later but no but like in, okay so the new one did you remake okay so i have a slight soft spot to the remake yeah, because i'm a big fan of the director uh joseph Padilla. uh he did one of probably my favorite documentary ever uh, a movie called bus 174 right that movie oh yes ass. yes yes i love that film yeah, yeah, yeah. i saw it too he mm. did yeah that movie kicks ass uh he did the elite squad films which is like well kind of like a robocop but for brazil um you know it, it was, it was kind of weird that he um he saw him getting this made sense right but well the the, the rating the rating sucked like it was like yeah. a big reason why it didn't work is because he rated he, he kind of fucked that up and yeah it's, it's unfortunate like he could have they really could have sit on and like make it work um but again if 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 he if it had a if it had a proper r rating it would have been fine yeah. I, 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 at least i think it would have been fine i'm not sure if it would have been great you can't live up to the original of course, but, yeah. It, it was painfully clear with that with that with that remake. Right. Yes. But they they I don't know. I, I would have liked to see them I don't know, they could have probably make it more international or do something different with it. Or something, but however. It didn't work. Yeah. All right, but um but yeah, Ricardo, um how how you got into the first film and you know, just just, just your thoughts on the, the franchise and the remake. Right, so three letters. V H S. Uh, ah, you lucky bastard! You. <laughs> like, my, yeah, my, my my cousin was uh yeah cousin our cousin older than me about 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 what four years yeah he was super into like a lot of eighty shit and uh, especially like Predator and Robocop and yeah he you know I saw I saw Robocop for the first time by his friend so he's living, I think yeah he used to live in Diego uh his friend in neighbor used to watch us at a TV we watched I saw Star Wars by them for the first time I saw. A bunch of shit by them for the first time. That's okay, the I, I, I saw Star Wars on channel on EVM of all places, huh? <laughs> so yeah, just watching a bunch of shit for the first time. And yeah, Robocop was, was on the list. Uh, I remember seeing this and being like, thinking it's so weird and cool. And it's like, yeah, it's a robot, but it's a cop. That's so cool, though. That's weird and interesting. And yeah, so that's how I feel about it. It, it does the first film. Just taking a teen, 
how dread and violent it is. I didn't get the, the depth of it because, okay, at the time when I was a child, I always enjoyed Robocop 2 more than I did Robocop uh, 1, right? Because, yeah, Robocop um, 1. I, I assume it's because of when it came out, right? Well, yeah, but it's, it's just the, 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 the Robocop 1 was much more nuanced and it, it just kind of went over my head now. And Robocop 2 was the one that just kind of stick with it to the, the conceit much more. That's why it mm. works. So, I, like, you know, Robocop 2 don't work so, all that well. You, you, get, you, you see what I say, right? Like, for yeah, a child, yeah, I do, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that. So, but, like, when you actually, like, sit down and think about it, you realize, oh, no, no, no. Robocop um, 2 is clearly the inferior film. That's not my question. So, like, eventually, uh, you know, the, the one that's implanted, that has a better film. And you, you think about it as a better film overall, uh, in my personal opinion. Uh, yeah, that's how I feel about it. And eventually, subsequent viewings and watchings and thinking about it, that how much how great of it as a script. Then, well, Verhoeven as a director over the period of years, like, yeah, okay, his uh, American stuff is not all that great on average. But, but his, uh, his international career is amazing. Um, you know, Soldier of Orange, and you have a bunch of great, great scripts. You mm-hmm. know, he had a long flourishing career in, in Holland, long before he uh, came to, to America. So yeah, it's just it's just over time. I think, as I said, I saw I saw Robocop three in um uh, in thing in Kirana. It was rubbish, uh, pretty bad. Doesn't work at all. But you know, whatever. Uh, that is about it. Yeah, I don't. I have virtually no memory of the cartoon. Um, as well. All right, but 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 do you at least remember the live action series? I have very vague memory of that. Again, I okay, re- okay. I don't remember watching it. Like I rem- here's the thing. I remember shit like Super Force over that. If you know what Super Force is. Like, no, I do, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, right. but here's the, here's the funny part, right? Like, long after Super Force and Cops and things, that was like in the early 90s when EVM was, was like on air, right? I think it was like somewhere in the mid to late 90s that they used to drop Robocop, and that 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 actually like surprised me, you know? Yeah, I always thought, like, you know, the franchise was kind of like dead, and then all of a sudden I see this TV series, I, I can't put the life, life of me. Uh, I don't even. I didn't even know what year it was from. Like I knew it was from the nineties, of course, but I, I can't say it was ninety eight or whatever. Right. The same year that it's shown on TV, but I know but that you know. Well, that's the thing with the nineties. Eh? It was just littered with like conceits of um, RoboCop. Like everything was just ripping off RoboCop in some way. Because yeah, it was super cheap to do that. Like you know, it was a popular brand. You could just so I just remember everything that was somewhat like RoboCop. So here's a show that's like RoboCop, but not really. Uh, Mantis, right? Stuff like oh, that. Oh yes, I right. remember that show. Right. That, was from, that of, was from TTT, actually. Yes. Right, and they have all kind of shows that are just just a, a working a working report for Robocop in some way because all you need to do is just get a guy in a suit. The suit, especially the suit, don't have to look all that good, and die out, die all your spending your money on, and everything else is just normal thing. You don't have to do no such special effects, no such CG, nothing like that. And yeah, 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 yeah sure, right there. Um, so that's how I always felt about um, the franchise in that sense. It's like. Uh, it it very influential, but the movie itself, people forget how great the movie is. Like that's the one thing about it. So yeah, like 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 finally get into it. All right, yeah, let's right. So as you said before, you know this is um directed by Paul Verhoeven, right? Uh, the music is done by um, Basil Polidorus. Um, mm-hmm. you know you would you would know him from films like you know Conan the Barbarian, still one of my all time favorite film scores, right? Um, the design itself of Robocop is done by Rob Button. And the 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 Ed two or nine scenes were handled by Phil Tippett, so that's basically some yeah. stop motion yeah. work, right? Which yeah. like yeah, it was it was it was it was a stop motion, it was go motion but, if I remember correctly. Oh, go motion, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. use go motion, go motion techniques and uh, as well. Again, all the little small things was really clever with that. Well, we will get to that. Yeah, yeah, we we will get to that, right? 
So uh, the film opens with this media break news broadcast, right? You know, you give us three minutes and we'll give you the wool, right? Yeah. And for me, like, just watching it over again, right? This is literally, you know, yesterday time for us recording this, right? Just the mere decision to open your movie with a segment like this is is mind-blowing, in my opinion, right? And it, it I, I just love how it just sticks to its own script, right? So mm-hmm. you get, like, these two brief reports, right? So I'm like, oh, what I, I always love about these news reports, right, is that this, even though, like, for me, right, I may not know everything about American history in the early 80s up to 87, right? Um, especially with Reaganomics and all that kind of stuff, right? right? But, like, the stuff going on around the world that they touch on, they, they feel real. And, you know, it's set in the not-too-distant not future, right? So it sounds plausible. It sounds like, yeah, you know what I mean? In the next few years, this country could invade this other country and there could be some kind of war or some kind of thing like that. It sounds real. It sounds, like, authentic, right? So, like, if there's one show I could always compare this movie to is, you know, my all-time favorite movie, A Clockwork Orange, in the sense that, it feels like a realistic lived-in future. This is not a world with flying cars like, say, Blade Runner. It feels like, yeah, in like five years from now, this is how the world is going to be, right? So even in the news reports here, they sound totally logical, right? So um, I just love, like, in terms of just this film alone, too, with the media break segments, you get you get commercials, right? And the commercials and all kind of tell you the world that, you know, right. um, that, that is set up here, right? So, yeah, you know, the main theme here with this film is capitalism, right? That's what's being poked at. That's what's being explored and addressed at, right? So yeah. the first ad is, like, this doctor who's talking about, like, family heart. This, I think it's, right, the family heart center. Like, you, you, you could tell he wear this fake wig and, you know, it's just how he talk and all that kind of stuff now. But even in that little bit there, you learn that, oh, well, you know, like, it, it kind of hinted the film's idea of, you know, resurrection or immortality, right? Just in that little bit there, you know what I mean? And I thought that was a, a really smart choice, right? Yeah, it's Verhoeven. Yeah, it basically, it's, a lot of it is just Verhoeven, you know, looking at American culture from the outside. Like, it's yes. one, of those, one of those who could really, like, pull that off reasonably well with these films. I, you see it a lot more with Starship Troopers, but with this, I find it's a lot more, more interesting and... and uh, subtle in its conceit and it makes it work for, for what it is again it's supposed to be over the top but like yeah you could see people in our world like this and like look we, we live in 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 a in a world where game show hosts get you as president of the united states so yeah not too far yep. right so that, like, that's that, right that, yeah yeah it's all all those conceits of, of that uh right. so that's, that's all yeah that's how i like to think about it is that it it's a little prescient like there's a great okay so uh, this was i think this make my list of i think best 20, best of 2021, the best of 2020, and uh, I call this um, our our dystopian movie future. And what it was about, that was um, Cody Johnson of, of Summer News. And they basically did a rundown of why it is that so many um, like 80s comedies, uh, 80s sci-fi shows talked about like now. Because yeah, mm-hmm. they kind of just show the projection of it. And yeah, Robocop was at the top of the list, to be honest. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, of just mm-hmm. kneeling like, you know, what the 2020 is going to be like. Like, and it kind of on point. I mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Watching it again, like yeah. <laughs> right. So um, after that that commercial, now um, you hear that basically three cops were killed, right? And the police union leaders are blaming OCP, right? That's Omni Consumer Products, right? That's this firm that pretty much runs the Detroit metro, uh, metro- Metropolitan Police Department, right? And then you learn, like, later on that the, the police, some policemen want to go on strike, right? That right. actually shows back up later on in the film, right? So um, Dick Jones now, um, the right. division president of OCP now, he, he, he basically responds by saying that every cop knew what they signed up for when they joined the force. He says, yeah. if you can't stand the heat, stay out the kitchen. 
I get the logic, eh, but that is such a poor excuse. Eh, but you can understand no, just, a man like him, especially when you learn about how he does move. Yeah, you could understand yeah. why he would see some shit yeah, like so that. They, they, yeah, so they nailed, they nailed the capitalist hellscape concept, right? Like it's just, you know, yeah, privatized police force, right? Terrible idea. So let's let's find out how and why. And they, they carry it to its logical end. Uh, what I like about Robocop 2 is that it doesn't like try to have a super big message about it. Right, the story is really just one personal story. You know, the bad guys won, and they continued winning in the end of the film. Like, you know, OCP won. You know, OCP took over. It had nothing that was stopping them from building. Well, it sets up to build up Delta City. And mm-hmm. the, the major conflict in the, the, the franchise is really between Dick and, uh, what do you call him? Uh, oh, gosh, the other guy. The, uh, oh, um, oh, gosh, uh, Morton, Morton. Yeah, okay, was the actor's name? Or um, uh, Miguel, Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. uh, uh, R.I.P. Miguel Ferrer, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. L- little, little things like that. Like, that's your main conflict of the storylines between the two of them. Um, you know, everything else is just... Um, the only reason that uh, that he gets away with what he gets away with is because, yeah, Dick, did, Dick just did not like this idea of a, a, cyborg, a cyborg police officer. It kind of skis him out a little bit. Like, it still have shades of morality, you know, and varying degrees of morality in it, I, I, I like that. It's subtle, surprisingly subtle in the script. It's a smarter script than people give it credit for. Um, I, I agree. Like I was, yeah. I was like really taken in this thing. I was like, "Wow, this script real smart, boy!" Yeah, like, it's a smart script. Pretty much, real it's smart. Pretty much, it's pretty much it is the, what the smart thing you will do. Like what, what you're gonna do in in a situation like this? If you're writing up this script, what what should you do? What's the smart thing should be done? And yeah, they just sit down and make make it work for what it is. The, the second film, what the second film doesn't fall apart because it it just kind of played like too straightforward and obvious stuff. I want the second film just to work, even though I think it has some okay ideas um, as a sequel. It, it there's a there's a shockingly good meta conceit with the second film. Um, yeah, it still it still falls apart and it doesn't really work in its in for its own right. Uh, but the first yeah. film they nailed it. Like they just absolutely nailed what to do with it, why how this going, where where um Murphy's arc should go and how. Yeah, you can't, I can't be mad at any of it. Right, right. So, um, right, so basically back to the whole shooting and whatnot, right? So one survivor who's actually in critical condition identifies um, a Mr. Clarence Boddicker, right? Um, mm-hmm. This is the this, this crime boss, basically, slash drug kingpin in old Detroit, right? And yeah, in case you're wondering, yep, um, the, the, the guy himself does that, making the cop dies, right? All right, so now we are introduced to Alex Murphy, right? Played by the great, you know, um, Peter Weller, right? Um, have not seen him in, in films in a while. Um, believe it's it or not, the last... last time I saw him was in a little film that um, I, I actually really liked, but I know you wasn't a huge fan of uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Right, that was the last thing. <laughs> but what he was in, but I think he do some voice work recently. I, I don't know. I don't look up. Yeah, Star Trek Into Darkness is the last thing I remember him in. Something yeah, and, and, and of course, you know, he was in The Adventures of Buck Rubanza, you know, classic. Right, classic shit um, like that, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah they, they, right. So they wanted to do, if I remember correctly with this now, I think they wanted, they wanted like a bunch of like classic action stars for for this. Like Arnold was, was pitched at one point, like so and so. But the main reason uh, he was there is because of his body. He got a real lanky kind of body and it fit in his suit well. Uh, oh, okay, he, okay. He, he also, if I remember correctly, he had some physical skills, I think either dancing or like he just knew good choreography from before or oh no mime work if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that, tra- that would explain how he's able to, to pull off the robotic moves. Right, now. right. Oh, right. So nice, yeah, he nice. had some training, some mime work if I remember correctly. Uh we worked on the uh some mime person back in the days, some big mime person. You could probably tell me, you could probably look it up and tell me who it was. Uh but yeah, yeah, that that's pretty much the like the core thing of it. He was kinda uh, probably the best choice you could go with. Um I can't remember if he was casted before 
Uh, I can't remember if he was casted before um, Verhoeven came on on board. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so that's about it. All right, all right. Yeah, so basically he is a cop being transferred from, you know, Metro South, right? To, mm-hmm. Well, this precinct here, which is Metro West, right? I love that the first thing, the captain, um, this, you know, uh, yes, you know, in retrospect, he do, it does play into the angry captain, right? Yeah. Where he says, we work for a living down here, get your arm and suit up. I, I, I just love that. Like, just right off the bat, it's like, yo, this is a war zone we in. But you know that already, so you know what you got to do, right? So there you go, right? Uh, anyway, so Murphy is paired with, um, paired with Anne Lewis, who is played yeah. by Nancy Allen, right? Right. Uh, who's established early great, on great as a badass. Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I, I think agree. She was, yeah, if I remember, I don't know if she was the second choice. I can't remember. She was the oh, second choice. Okay. I think second or third choice. I can't remember because basically she was like, yeah, she don't look like that at all. So what did what um uh she? I think they they uh Verhoeven had to look to look to cut her hair, and I think her dad is a cop. So that's where she gets some uh-huh. of the training, like how to hold guns and little little stuff like that. Now, uh, right. yeah, it's little, little 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 tidbits like that. Yeah, go ahead. Right, right, and um, she's established early on to be a badass because there's a moment yeah, where she's like yeah. subduing this this suspect, right, who's being unruly, right? Great moment actually, right? Yeah. And now we get to the legendary Ed Two or Nine scene, boy. <laughs> what a, what a, what a, what of the what are the most glorious scenes in this in this movie? Yeah, bar none, right? So it begins with this board meeting at OCP, right? And basically, it's announcing the construction of Delta City. Um, that's to replace old Detroit, right? In six months' time, right? But the problem, of course, is crime, right? And the existing police force could only do so much, right? So what the city needs, according to to, to Mr. Um, Dick Jones now, is a 24-hour day police officer, right? Which on paper makes sense, right? So now we're introduced to enforcement um, droids. Yeah, is, is well, Dick Jones is what? Yeah, you mentioned Ronnie Cox, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's him. It's him. Yeah. Right. So what? What funny about this is that Ronnie Cox has always played like a good guy. Like he's, he's kind of going against type actually. Um, okay. Is, okay. Um, I I I know Roddy Cox mostly from his his role in Star Trek. He has a, he has a one episode, right? That great two part. He plays one of the best goddamn characters in Star Trek. Um, oh, would okay. A character called Captain Jellicoe. Uh, but yeah, that is that is why I do it for. But yeah, is it's 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 Roddy Cox. He do yeah, a bunch of yeah, a bunch of rules. He's on that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 got range. He got range, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So here yeah, now we're introduced to the future of law enforcement. I love how they call him that, right? Yeah, the enforcement enough. droid series two oh nine, right? Um, and this in terms of like the design of it, or just it being a character. It right. is, in my opinion, one of the most iconic robot characters ever put to screen, though. Just voice. that bulky design, the yep. voice, the, 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 the way top. how it moves. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I just love that design. What I love, what I love about that too, right, is how, like, again, the, the corporate, the corporate kind of oversight and just somebody just not getting little simple things like, well, they spend millions, if not billions of dollars in this goddamn thing. And little simple things like they just forget to take out the ammo, you know, when doing the demonstration. Yeah. Or the fact that they, you know this thing just can't navigate stairs for some reason, like you know, little bullshit <laughs> like that. I, yeah, yeah. that makes perfect sense because again, if you so like little stuff like okay, so one of the big things about the Iraq War is the fact that they just they do all of this bullshit to do this, that, to the other, but they couldn't get like simple shit done when it comes to like uh, you know the bathrooms or something like that. No, they do nonsense like that, or they couldn't get the power on because they couldn't they hook up to the the, the grid. Little simple, like the engineers just not there to solve a problem because of bureaucracy and nonsense. And yeah, we are going to call that since then. Sorry. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, this is kind of. Um, but but yeah, but lastly, yeah. in terms of just the design, um, the, well, I should say the movement of the of the of of Ed two and nine, right? Um, even though it, it moves jerky, 
you know, because of the graphics, or sorry, the, um, the visual effects being used here, um, it, it still adds to the character though, because yeah, it's a lumbering giant of a of a machine, so it yeah, kind of no. moves jerky. I, I like that, you know. Yeah, I really like it, that. Yeah, tap it, tap it, nail, nail it in for what it was. I, I know this was this was one of those budget things. Like I know they they had to kind of go on the cheap with with, with this. That's why it kind of yeah, it, 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 it's it's kind of similar to like what Stan Winston did on the first Terminator. It's that right. same sort of um, effect style that that. that um, um, but yeah, un- un- yeah. unfortunately, like you know, you have a lot of match shots in this movie and whatnot. All of that is just cutting the corners and making sure, you know, you had to go under budget. But uh, yeah, no, um, and, and as the eighties, I mean, a lot of movies were doing that. Anyway. Doing that shit anyway, yeah. No, what was was brilliant about uh, Phil Tippett's work on this is that he just all the little small things of went at two o nine, like like you know when he when Robocop smoke him in the ending with the with the gun. Mm. You know, you see his little toe twitching at the end, you know, little things like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I love the toes, that, that yeah. tree toe thing that he have. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, yeah, they, they just make a bunch of good calls in terms of there's the craftsmanship on, on display here. Right. But um, in, in terms of this sequence, though, I just love how it builds tension, right? So there's a moment where where, where Ed is walking down and you just see, like, everybody in the meeting just kind of get up, like, oh, my God, right? Because he's mm-hmm. just moving closer towards the table now and then it actually stops, right? So um, Mr. Kinney, Poor Mr. Kinney, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's assigned the task of playing a poop, right? So he's given a gun. Well, he's given um, um, Dick's gun. Take a note of that. Mm-hmm. And he's told pretty much to use it in a threatening mat- uh, manner, right? And he's also told to point it at Ed 209, right? So Ed mm-hmm. is like, you know, please put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply, right? Kinney puts the gun down, but Ed is still like, all right, you have 15 seconds. You have yeah. 10 seconds, right? Everybody like flipping out now, wondering what to do, right? And... I don't know who who came up with this decision though, but to have Ed do this growl like this, like a raw, sorry, like a lion yeah. raw, I thought was 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 brilliant. Jen. He really had a stress on how on how intimidating this thing is, though, you yeah. know what I mean? And and it totally works. Right? I just I, I just love and again what does just crack me about when they see this idea they just, they decide to give this thing live ammo in demonstration. <laughs> like no, who, who are you gonna shoot? Well, apparently Mister Kitty. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, everybody flipping all is like, pull the plug, pull the, pull the plug, right? And like, the scientists try to figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but dog is how it riddles Kenny with bullets, too. Right. Um, and they, they, they tone this dog, eh? Because I think Verhoeven has a cut with much longer. Um, okay, well, well, we, I, I, I saw the, I saw the, the uncut version, actually. Well, right. I should say, know, it's the a, one that a... was released um, through Arrow Films um, last year or year before, right. uh, which I've been dying dying to get on on um on, on blu-ray but i need that in my life sure. yeah and you know in terms of just that death scene though and it's bloody eh? if it's one thing the show has a lot of his blood scripts boy. my god right yeah, no. what makes the scene so ironic though is that he falls on top of the delta city model which yeah. is white or which is already painted in white right he covered that shit red with mm-hmm. blood you know <laughs> And I love the guy who behind the controls. He had the balls to say, "Oh, Ed didn't hear the gun drop." You know, like, fuck on the man, yeah. really? That's your big excuse. He didn't hear the gun drop. What? But I loved, uh, I loved that scene, though. I mean, yes. Uh, uh, just to touch on the whole violence aspect of it, right? Yes, when you look at it now, it is over the top, right? Yeah. But I was actually surprised that even back then, critics kind of found it so over the top it was kind of comical in a sense now yeah like right i actually watched um, no, watched, um 
Siskel and Ebert's review of it, uh, they were actually like really like surprised by how comical the, the violence was. Even yeah. Roger Ebert and all was laughing, like cracking up at that one scene. Eh? But can I, can you know, like when you when you hear about the the content of of Robocop, you think, oh, back then people was like, no, this is too violent, and we should ban it. But it's like. Yeah, violent, but it's just so over the top, though. We 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 yeah. we're not sure if if it will get if if it fits our area too, though. So hence the the trimming and whatnot. But if you look at it now, it's like yeah, violent, but it's not like gross out or like the worst thing ever. Or like oh, ban it should be forever banned, though. You know, it should have like this 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 black cloud over it. It's like no, it's violent, but it's meant to no, to make a point of black. Yeah, and I thought Verhoeven nailed the concept, like the balance, so well, like just. Yeah, we know what you know what you're getting, but at the same yes. time, it's like, all right, well, that is part of it too, like the, the whole farce versus tragedy conceit. Now. Like mm-hmm. that way he do, he just say, look, this is a complete nightmare, but and because it's so farcical, it's part of the nightmare. Like mm-hmm. it's so silly now, but it's like, yeah, a man really dead, dude. Like, yeah, what's what going on here? Though? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah like you're that. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it it's still it's comical in my opinion, yeah. But yeah, at the same time, no, a man just got riddled like yeah, exactly to death with yeah. bullets. Exactly, like, and that, people that's just like casual. Shit. People just casual about that too. Eh? Like they just move on now. Like okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, so, whole thing is life is cheap. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So the the OCP boss now, uh, which you call the old man, right? Yep. Of course, he blames Dick for this misfire, right? Haha, <laughs> right? So, luckily, Mr. Bob Morton, who is played by Miguel Ferrer, right? He has a fallback plan, right? This is his Robocop project, right? So, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, was, I love how opportunistic, uh, how, uh, how opportunistic he is. It's like, yeah, so so I have this program here and I can have this up in like about a few months, you know, so... And, and the old man is like, yeah, cool. I'll give you some money and get this yeah. thing rolling. I love that. I just lo- and afterwards, um, you know, Morton talks to his friend like, yo, that's what you had to do, Trey. You had to sneak in and take the opportunity. Like, I yeah, love yeah, that about exactly. the character. Yeah, and is he kind of coming up for for Dick job almost now. That's what I say. The real, you got the real battle was really Dick versus Morton. That's what the way it was. Uh, you know, it's, it, they, everybody else is just kind of in between all of that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. So back to Alex Murphy, right? Um, so here he's pretty much doing this Western-inspired gun flipping, yeah. right? Right. And I, I just love, like, in terms of, especially when you look at it now, right? The idea of even though you can look at it now, it's like it's it's it's, it's a it's a propaganda film, but it's the eighties, right? So whatever, right? Yeah. That, I mean, only, that, I mean, that, that, that discourse has come after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, 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 I mean, though, it's, it's, well, basically what he says is like, um, because Lewis asks him why he does that gun flip thing. is like, well, my son watches this show called, a cop show called TJ Laser, right? I guess it's supposed to be, um, um, oh gosh, a reference to, what's the name of that show? TJ Hooker. Yeah, TJ Hooker, right? Right, TJ Laser. It took me a long time to get, I was only watching it back. That is a real popular meme and joke in uh, the Mass Effect franchise. Um, oh, what's that? TJ Laser. So, so oh, okay. I, I, I forget where I come from. It's like, oh, yeah, it's from Robocop. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, so the idea that, you know, Alex is a cop, my son watches this cop show, and he wants to be a cop, so I want to be a role model to him, too. I like that. Like I, I like that. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's just the idea of painting cops as as these heroes, right? Which is, I mean, what the show is about anyway. I mean, the, the, why why it's called Robocop to begin with, right? But yeah, this is the idea that a real cop 
you know, kind of get inspired by Fee Cup to, you know, do this thing, right? I think that's really cool, right? Um, but anyway, so they um, pretty much investigate this robbery which Clarence and his goons pull off, right? And we get this pretty kick-ass catchy scene um, slash shootout, right? And, you know, <laughs> Alex and Lewis pretty much follows Clarence's van into an old mill in Sector 3D. I thought that was so funny, Sector 3D, right? Ah, right. He eats, oh, yeah, right? Uh, Monica is, who's Monica again? You found out from um, uh, that same show. Um, what's that actor, boy? Um, God, I, I, I know you talk about it, but I yeah. can't remember his name for the life of me right now. Um, right, so there's a, a really darkly funny scene, though, in my opinion, where um, Joe, right, this is the black guy part of, of Clarence's crew, right? Oh, uh, Louis, can, you, can, you, can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, so, so, so that, that's during the fight scene. Sorry, that's during the chase scene, in case you're wondering, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Lewis tries to arrest him, right? But he's like taking a pistol. And like he 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 he, he, he pretty much asks her, uh, mind if I zip this up? And you're just looking at, at Lewis's eyes there, cause she just staring at his face, right? And she just take one glance down, right? And he ends up smacking her gun and smacking her off the platform, and then she falls onto like these um falls into a pile of wood, right? And then he just does this ha ha ha, like he just does this high pitch laugh right afterwards. That that's something he does. He just does this kind of ha. Well, not so much like hey, hey, kind of laugh yeah. though, but I feel that probably is what inspired that character from um from Simpsons, right? Probably. Yeah. So two other goons now, um, Dougie and Emil, right? Emil is going to be showing up later on this show, right? Um, they are confronted okay. by Murphy, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We will talk about Emil and what happened to him <laughs> in the end, right? So, <laughs> so Murphy, so Murphy shoots Dougie in the heart, right? And as Emil reaches for a shotgun, that's when Murphy drops one of the best lines in the movie. Dead or alive, you're coming with me, right? And as and then, well, Murphy proceeds to cut um, Emil, right? Um, then afterwards, well, two goons with shotguns surround, right? Yeah, this this show has a lot of shotguns for for reasons, yeah. right? Yeah, um, shotties. Wrong with that shotties. Yeah, they're, they're shotties, boy. So yeah. Emil ends up smacking the gun from Murphy now, and then all three approach him, right? And then Clarence finally shows up with and, and with Joe, of course, and then they start to beat Murphy, right? Um, and then this this, this like. All right, so this was the one scene where, like, you could still watch it now. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's why the MPEE had a problem. Like, exactly. like this like is where the show. So, like, yeah, so the, yeah. the, the, the earlier death is <laughs> the earlier death is like comical. This was just so goddamn brutal and traumatizing. Yes, um, boy. It's so like, see this for the first time, like, like, have this one scene, the part where you lose your hand, right? Like, god damn, if that right, yeah, boy, it's yeah, just it right. So, yeah, so he does get his right hand blown off. Eh? Yeah. That's like the first thing that happened. And boom, right? And then Clarence had the balls to say, well, give the man a hand. I like, yeah, Clarence is such a douchebag. Yeah, but like, he's a great villain, dude. Like, he's just like, I know. What, what, what I like, okay, so he, he, he's a villain that you love to hate. You love to hate this guy, Jen. Okay, so I'm not, I can't remember if this was true, but I think um, Verhoeven wanted him to have the glasses. Like, why you have glasses, right? And the idea was to have him look like Heinrich Himmler, if I remember correctly. I can't remember if that was the, the intention. But um, okay. but, but the, the actor, uh, he was like, yeah, it, it kind of makes some sense that he, he the, the idea was him wearing glasses makes him less threatening. Like, you know, you have this kind of balding, goofy-looking dude uh, with glasses on. Uh, so he's like the last person you would be trapped. Like, you would just see him normal. But he's like a complete fucking psychopath. And that would yeah. make him dangerous. Like, you, you totally, you underestimate him now. Uh, but yeah, Bodica, that would make Bodica's agreement. Bodica has so much good lights in this movie. I know, boy, <laughs> right? So yeah, so right after he get the le- the right hand blown off now, 
Then the arm itself gets blown off, right? Yeah. And then he just basically gets riddled with shotgun shells, right? And just that, just adding to the whole disturbing nature of the scene itself, right? Um, Murphy's still alive through all this, so he's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. screaming and all that kind of stuff, right? And then Clarence pretty much ended it off. He does any suffering by just one shot, boom, with a handgun it through the head, yeah. just boom, Casual. headshot, yeah. and that's it. Um, Murphy sent a hospital and you know points still to this day. I love how they do this with the POV shots with the operation. So it just adds to just how frightening it, it, this whole it, it, experience yeah, is. That, those, those final moments versus him from becoming a movie to becoming Robocop. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Keep cutting back to, to yes. the shootout with him being shot and then to a couple of flashbacks with him and his wife and son, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just a powerful moment. And well, not surprising, Murphy dies, right? And then suddenly, well, not exactly suddenly, right? But it's clear that time passed, right? Uh, Murphy wakes up, but Again, keep it with the POV shots now. Yeah. Everything looks like we're, we're seeing it from a camera, right? right. Or, from, this, or from a TV set. Kind this of, if this special effect is... I find this special effect is also pretty impressive. For its time. Agreed. Yeah. It's a very good, a cool, a great, interesting look, look to it. I'm like, all right, good. Um, there's a great moment, simple but great moment, right? Where they adjust in the grid and yes. just basically they're drilling yeah. it. Eh? You're just seeing this yeah. grid pattern that's going closer and closer to the screen. They're yeah. saying, jit, it's so simple. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah, this is so. I love this. I love this. It's just yeah. so smart, though. Like, there's the foresight that went into this, though. I love that, right? And here, basically, is where Morton and his team are pretty much finalizing the design of the first Robocop, right? So, months later, Robocop is finally introduced, right, to the, to the Metro West precinct, right? And, yo, the moment Robocop enters into the building, right? That, that shot is just. Yes, the, the, when, <laughs> with the shadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And the shadow and yes, well, the right. silhouette ah, basically <laughs> over the window. I yes. love that though, but just that dushk, dushk, that dog, that <laughs> that footprint sound effect though is awesome. I love that, right? And let's talk about the, the awesomeness, right? Even the design and all too of, of Robocop is 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 yeah, I uh, is awesome, right? You can kinda laugh it's like oh it's kinda it kinda look a little cheesy now, but clumsy, I mean like right. think about it, think about it. It's the eighties, I mean it's late eighties, right? Like they're not going to make like this super awesome badass looking thing, but just in terms of practicality, the way how it looks, the right. way how he moves, how how Peter Weller moves in it, yes. yeah, it, it totally works in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot of style over substance moments because like the logic of it kind of clumsy, like he kind of slow and he kind of bulky. But like yeah, no, that's the, that's the idea. The idea is that you had to get something that you get a sense of he's the first in a step of something now, um, and where yes. you gonna go in terms of like speed and range and these kind of things. Um, there's one thing that I thought was a big missed opportunity in the uh the remake where they try to make him just fast and 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 you know insanely quick and, and that kind of bullshit. I'm like no, 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 we should make it work. Instead of trying to make it more efficient up off the top, you should have it where he kind of clumsy and goofy in that way. Now. Um, in terms of just the, the evolution of the design. Now. But yeah. Yeah, agreed, yeah. agreed. Um, even like the prime directives, iconic, right? right? You know, serve the public, trust, mm. protect the innocent, uphold the law, right? right. And there's a, a nice little um, bit here where there's the fourth directive is, yeah. is revealed to be classified, right? Um, his gun is iconic in my opinion though it's and how it's designed for, yeah for how, how, how i see it is basically like if he if he squeezes the trigger you know it just sends out like a small value of bullets but if yeah. he like kind of taps it a little yeah. bit it just like lets out one bullet just that yeah, design it, of it i love yeah it's the, the auto where's called it but the auto um or oh, the the auto nine the auto auto nine, auto nine yes yeah Art. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it, it had, it had, it had, right? Um, there's a great moment where he's at the, 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 the precinct shooting range. And, you know, he just tested out the firearm and everybody's like, who the hell is this, right? Yeah. And this is where, of course, Lewis sees um, Robo, Robocop for the first time. But then there's a moment where Robocop flips the gun and puts it in his holster, and then yep. well, that is really what was like, okay, I'd wait a minute, like is, 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 is this is this movie, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I, I just love that design too, like you know, just that section of the leg yeah. opens up and then he puts it inside. Yeah, it I love like, that. I, again, it's only little, little little special effects that they make it work. It's a great little animation as well. Yeah, it looks great. Um, but yeah, the, the whole flip gun thing is the part you get the first hint that is all oh, right. The movie all gone now. So yeah, so. Um, <laughs> So, on his day, sorry, on his official day in duty, dread, or I should say night into duty way, I just yeah. really, like, like, I, like in retrospect, when you look at it, I was like, alright, all this stuff really could happen in the same night, right? But when you think about it, in this world of old Detroit, it's like, yeah, yeah it's like, just... like, shit is crazy, so literally yeah. every, every minute is a crime, right? So it's kind of funny seeing Robocop just hit the spot, solve a crime. Hit another spot, solve a crime, and all this deceived night, right? So, basically, we, we cut to this uh, random convenience store, right? This guy is watching yeah. this um, TV show, right? right. This Classic. is where we see the, you know, Classic. the, um, the I buy that for a dollar show. That's why the I call it, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, is that? No, I, I, no, it's, I think it's a show, you know. I think oh, it's an actual show, show because right the, the, the other times that you see it in the film, it's different. No, sorry, it's the same scenario, but you see like different lines. So it feels like a, like a, re, like basically the same gag being told over and over, right? Right. But yeah, basically, it's, like a, it's, it's this. Like yeah, it's this bald and old guy, and there's these, these two hot models, and right. it involves cake for a reason, and he's like, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. kick There's at a, them and they try kick at him and yeah, it's weird world building of the whole thing. Like again, this is this is before reality television. You know, game shows in the eighties was now coming to its full. So yeah, they carry the game show to its weird logical space of you have no idea what the hell going on, but it's just people just goofing about. And yeah, yeah and everybody that, finds that to be the funniest. Is it right? Yeah, 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 even Emil, yeah, Emil, yeah, sorry, or Emil, sorry, Lito was cracking up at that shit. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, well, well, sorry, my, my mistake. Actually, um, before before movie gets killed in, in the old mill, they're watching that same show too. I forgot to mention right, that, right, right? Right. Yeah. So at the convenience store, now this guy shows up again with a shotgun, and you know he well pretty much proceeds to rob the store, right? And um, <laughs> before uh, basically he's like you know open the safe before I kill your wife, right? So as as before he even says three, Robocop shows up, right? And then the guy starts firing at Robocop, right? He's just saying, fuck me, fuck me, right? I, I, I don't know if this if this is Paul comparing violence to sex, maybe, or maybe I read into it a little too much, I don't know. Right. But it's kind of weird that that's all he says when he's, like, firing at him, right? But anyway, no, uh, well, sorry, it's not a shotgun, actually. It's, a, it's another weapon, right? Yeah, but basically Robocop bends the gun barrel and then he, right. he pretty much clothesline him when he yeah, tries yeah, to yeah, run yeah, that yeah. and it sends yeah. him into, like, this nearby fridge, right? Also, I love what, um, just a little side note um, on this trailer, make the joke that, yeah, there's a lot of, like, people being smashed through windows in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's people just being smashed uh, thrown into windows, right? It's well, crazy. Yeah, we'll get to the, okay, we'll get to the scene after, but yeah, go ahead now. Right, right. So, um, and I just love like right after, um, right afterwards, right before before um, Robocop leaves, it cuts back to the guy on TV and says, "I'll buy that for a dollar." So you mm. see, it's about capitalism. Ah, think right. about it, right? 
Um, so up next, right? Remember, this is the same night he he on duty, right? So he, he responds to a four uh, a four fifteen, right? So these two crackheads, right? I I assume they're crackheads because I I find they sound like crackheads <laughs> trying to rape this woman, right? And points for all this taking place near um a banner that says Delta City, the future has a silver lining. That is just yeah. so ironic, but I love it, right? So Robocop shows up just in time, right? And one of the crackheads holds a holds in front of him with a knife, right? Mm-hmm. Even to kill her, right? Yeah. Then Robocop fires a shot, and yeah, it goes through her dress, but it hits, it hits him in the, in the dick. I'm yeah. like, yes, I love All that. Right, so right, so this, this is the part. This is the part we'll get to. Right, so look up something called Robocop Scene Twenty Seven. That took the internet by storm some years back. I forget how long back. I think it was like about a little over ten years ago. Just look that up and tell me if if that is not the funniest fucking thing ever. Look up Robocop Scene Twenty Seven. That's all you need to do. Um, all right, I'm, 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 I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check yeah, it out. Yeah, after, right, after, after we done, you know, just look that shit right. up. It's funny as hell. But yeah, that's that basically, that basically like that's an extension of that scene. But yeah, okay, uh, okay. but yeah, right. yeah. And, and, then, so- and then of course, before I forget, um, um, the, the second line now, or oh, sorry, the, the second guy now. That's when Robocop dropped, you know, another famous line: "Your move, creep." Right. Love that, love that, love that, love that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a it's such a cool moment because it's like it catch you off guard and like, oh shit, that Robocop do with it. Like you're thinking, oh you got aim for his head or some bullshit like that. Like, no, yeah, you have options. <laughs> yeah, protect the innocent, right? That's literally <laughs> what he says. Protect the yeah. innocent, right? Yeah. yeah. Um up next now, up next, right? <laughs> we have this former city councilman who who pretty much decided to take some people hostage right. on the second floor of City Hall, right? Yeah. I mean, oh gosh, boy, all of this is a one night to the it's like the, the man first night on duty all this shit happened. <laughs> but in a really cool moment, right? Uh, Robocop uses this thermograph in his optics now to detect who the terrorist is, right? So he's basically looking at the, through the wall outside of the office, right? And yeah, he just busts his, his arms through the wall yeah. and pull him out and then threw him through a window. Yes, again, yeah. a lot of broken windows. And well, I mean, it's the second floor. So the man dropped to the floor, he lived, right? So it's like, what? Somebody, somebody make a point that it's it's not the reason why it has so much windows is because it's, it's quote unquote broken windows policing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I remember. Yeah, the, the whole windows thing that I keep, I, I always have a joke there somewhere. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That is always sort of it's like an 80s thing, right? You know, it's always that well, that's right, right. 70s thing, 80s, right? Throw somebody through a window, right? That that's people that what people pay to see, right? Or um second to explosion. No, second to a car stopping sorry, crashing into a tree and blowing up, right? That that's what we pay money to see, right? People being thrown through windows, right? But anyway, so um now we get another news report now and Robocop is pretty much accepted as a hero in the city, right? And then we get an ad for Newcomb, <laughs> which is so Beautifully satiric dread. And it's just the lines dread. So basically it's like this this um this nuclear um well sorry, this WMD version of battleship, right? So you have lines like you have a this um it's sorry, you have a dismantle your MX stockpile, and they have this little boy who says, Pakistan is threatening my border. I'm like, didn't even know what they're talking about in this, but that's the whole point of it, right? The actors well, no, just right, talking yes. a certain shit, you know. But right, but right. just to go back to you know, just how um I love how they touch on you know um world politics and all that kind of stuff. Even if you don't know what they're talking about, it feels logical. It feels really. It feels like in near future something of this level can happen. And yeah, somebody gonna make a game out of it, right? All right. At the time, at the time, Pakistan and India just got nukes. Like that was the whole thing there. Uh, yeah, that's what you referenced. I forget when they get when they get nukes. Um, or they might have gotten it a little after, or like that was in the news now. So yeah, it's in the script. Um, so like twenty years from now, Pakistan and India probably actually had a nuclear exchange. You're not sure, right? Or possibly. 
yeah, yeah. But I, I, again, it's just smart satire, right? But anyway, right? So uh, Morton now, who is now vice president of OCP now, he right. pretty much tells, yeah, he much tells everybody, yeah. just let everybody work. know. Project work, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's successful, right? And, and yeah, it kind of embarrassing, Dick. Yeah. Yeah, so he pretty much lets everybody know that, you know, they're going to end crime in old Detroit within 40 days, right? Right. They just were the famous lines in the movie. There's a new guy in town. His name's Robocop, right? And in a brilliant piece of like character development, right, we see that uh, Robocop actually suffers from, well, I, I would say a version of PTSD. Because, yeah, even, right, so there's this chair that he that's built for him, right? So when he's depowered now, when he's resting, so to speak, right, he has to sit there, right? And he has these um, scientists that monitor his, um, you know, his, you know, um, pressure levels and all that kind of stuff, right? And yeah, he just gets this nightmare of of of, um, of of Clarence and his goon shooting him, right? Right. At the point that he just kind of wakes up and like, oh, like that, right? And then he literally gets up and leaves, right? And, you know, the scientist is trying to control him, but he just kind of walks, right? And then, well, you know, well, he's not sleepwalking per se, right? But you could, you could look at it as him being... Um, him sleepwalking, but he's not. He's he's actually awake, right? Um, but he runs into Lewis now, and well, she Wallace introduced herself, right? But then he responds, well, he just kind of asks him his name now, but he he says he doesn't know, right? But then like he, she just kind of notices the voice, like, wait, you're Murphy, right? And right. he just says, well, you know, he have to go somewhere. There's a crime taking place, right? He jumps in his car, and he drives off, right? And then we get the, my one of my favorite scenes in the movie now, the gas station scene. So this guy in this or this bike roll up, and it just so happened to be we boy Emil, right? So <laughs> he rocking a Uzi now, and he's just like, yeah, um, he, he well, he asks the guy for the money, the clerk who's there, right? And then he's like, now fill it up on number seven. I like God, boy, <laughs> you can rob the man and then ask him for gas, right? like <laughs> that, that. But that's the type of guy he is, right? But um, I always thought, like in retrospect, it, how convenient it was that Robocop runs into him. But then again, he's responding to a crime to us. So it's not like right. he, he would have known that Emma was going to be there, right? But anyway, right? So Robocop shows up now. And then he drops the dead or alive, you're coming with me, right? Um, Emma remembers that line as the last thing Murphy said before he got shot, right? right? Mm-hmm. As a great moment where Robocop records Emma's response, right? Because Emma's saying, I know you, you're dead. We mm-hmm. killed you, right? Right. And that response more or less kind of stuns Robocop, right? So he's like unresponsive, right? To the point that Emil just pretty much just jumps on his bike and drives off, right? And then he takes a cigarette, trip, and then, because, well, the fuel line is, is, is out, right? He didn't put it back yeah, in yeah. proper. And yeah, the front of the of the of, of the gas station blows up, right? And that I guess wakes up Robocop, so he just kind of walks towards now, walk, continues walking forward, and he actually managed to hit one of the um the the wheels of Emil's bike, so that sends him more or less careening onto the um onto the the pavement, right? And well, you know, he comes up to him and he's like, "Who are you?" He's like, "Who are you?" But you know, Emil's all groaning and whatnot, right? So that's that. So, desperate for answers now, Robocop enters the, the silver room of the precinct, right? right? And this a really, a really clever bit. Really clever bit now. Yeah. <laughs> he had a flipping up. He had a, like, show it. Well, he flipped it, right? He showed it in Bill's yeah, But it's, actually what it is, it's, it's like this blade, right? But it's what is he, is, um, it's called a, a data knife. In fact, it is a data knife. Okay, I, I, I kind of look at it as sort of somewhat of a flash, right? Like, 
if you want to be simplistic, it's kind of like a flash, right? But yeah, it's his hacking tool. That's what he uses right. to hack, right? But I just love that it's in the middle portion, like yeah. in the middle knuckle, it comes out there. That it, it's very much like, you know, um, it reminds me of like, uh, what was the first X-Men movie with Wolverine and, you right, know, where right. the, you know, him, him showing the middle claw, um, right, yeah. right? Right. So it's like that, right? And yeah, it's that's where he learns about Emil's record, and then he learns that he was part, you know, he belonged to Clarence's group, and they were the ones who pretty much killed, um, you know, Alex, right? Killed Murphy, right? And he also learns of his home address on, you know, Prim's, Primrose Lane, right? So the next morning, he drives there, and he learns to, to, mo- to learn more about his life, right? Um, of course, the place is cleaned out, so yes, his wife and son, yeah, you know, moved away, right? In the yeah. second film, uh, we learned that she, well, she pretty much just kind of move on. There was a, a, a really great opportunity in that second film where you see the wife literally come to talk to, to Robocop and he's like, well, no, I don't know you. He said, she kind of says that and then she just kind of leaves and that, that, that's it. That's the last time we see it. No, 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 nothing else. That, that, that's all we get, right? Which was, which was a huge mis- um, missed opportunity there, in my opinion, right? Yeah. Um, this this sequence though, where he's pretty much walking around the house and remembering moments, um, is so emotionally effective though. You really do yeah. feel it for this score, guy. Score, score, that make it work. Yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right, right. Um, Bass's core at this moment though is so powerful, way, and it's how and what it does very well too. It kind of frames, um, you know, Robocop, and this is like where people you know, built all these theories and how they just kind of explore the film after it was released now. It kind of makes him out to be sort of like a Frankenstein character, like he's the monster. Right. And him kind of realizes, like, oh, I'm tortured and no, nobody likes me. And just that moment of him feeling alone, you know what I mean? And pretty much understanding who he is. He's not human, you know what I mean? That, that's just such a great I, moment, I, right? I know a lot of great reads of Robocop. So, you know, a couple of modernized reads. The first obvious one is that. Um, the other one is also... Uh, uh, Jesus allegory. I think I think Verhoeven himself said, "Yeah, this was be an American Jesus." The idea of resurrection. Yeah. Effect. Well, well, cy- cyber Jesus. Not to be right, confused exactly. with cyberpunk Jesus. That that that's new for the, for the Matrix. But right. yeah, go on. Uh, and then well, they have a bunch of like a modern like couple couple of trans readings, a couple of things like that. Where yeah yeah, once you once you bring in that conceit, is like you could the idea of what has happened to this dude, and you know how he's a kind of victim of the system and and what he is, and him getting this little tiny sliver of justice, you know. You know, in the narrative, is why it works. It, you know, again, it's all Dick and Dick and Morton versus each other. You know, yeah, but yeah, he just had to just get his little piece of, you know, piece of justice and all of this stuff. Uh, and yeah, of that's course, why, right. That's why the movie works. It's a, a very surprisingly personal story, though. Um, with it all is, of this, yeah. not, this crazy nonsense, though. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and 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 speaking of justice, now, well, Robocop is like you. Yeah, I, I need to find out. You know, I need to get these these guys who kill me, right? She so starts off with Leon yeah, Nash, right? Who, solving his own murder. Like, yeah, think about it. Yeah. Right. She so starts off with Leon Nash, right? And um, he finds him in the middle of the dance floor of this nightclub, right? It's a pretty funny, but it's 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 real dumb on Leon's part where Leon tried to kick him in the nuts as a right, punk. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I, I know what it did. It's, it's done for last. But it's like, bro, do you, do you not see this this yeah. this armored robot, this robotic character in front of you? Why, why are you doing that, right? But it's a nice bit. It's 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 ET's humor, but it works, right? But yeah, um, pretty much he is he is you know um, pretty much captured by by well I should say apprehended by Robocop, right? Meanwhile, now Morton is is in his crib now with two models and he's sniffing lines of coke, right? <laughs> and doorbell rings now and bomb, bomb, bomb. It's Clarence, right? Gun in hand. His line, though, bitches, bitches leave. leave. <laughs> 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 he 
Classic. It's so crass, but it uh, works. Yeah. It, it totally, totally works. And then, well, Clarence pretty much shoots Morton in the legs, right? Like, he shoots him, like, three, four times in legs, right? Morton's all screaming, like, what do you want? What do you want, right? And I just love how silent Clarence do this, right? He just pull out this CD. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, I think it's a laser disc, because I think it's well, 80s. Yeah, future, future, future data storage, whatever. Yeah, yeah future, future data storage, right? He puts it in his laser disc, laser disc player, I think. Well, it is, oh, right. Yeah. And it, it's a recording featuring good old Dick Jones, yeah. right? And yeah, 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 Dick, Dick, yeah, he just pretty much taunting his, well, soon-to-be-deceased rival, right? They're basically saying, yeah, you know what I mean? You thought you had the upper hand, and yeah, yeah, I, I got to take you down, blah, 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 right? And then Clara's so dread, now he leaves behind a grenade. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you see, like, Morton, like, real struggling to, 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 to pick it up. So the moment he reached, boom, the whole house blows up, right? Great scene, right? So, speaking of Coke now, Clarence pays a, a visit now to this Coke manufacturing warehouse, right? And he, he's so dread, right? He's just pretty much demanding that the owner give him a, a volume discount, right? So, he set up as that Clara, Clarence and his goons, they, they buy Coke with stolen money and then they sell the Coke for a higher price, right? right so, right. early on, you know, they say it's called free enterprise, right? That's what Dougie said before he gets shot, right? And... Clarence is just such a cocky motherfucker, Dredd, that he really like bum rushing his guy, like, yo, if you don't, if you don't give me a discount, I gotta kill all of you right now, you know. And I just watch this man, like, the balls of this dude, Dredd, to come into this place and say, yo, you better give me a discount, as I gotta kill all of you. And then the man is like, all right, cool, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just so you know, like, look, like, that man real, Dredd, I wouldn't lie, right? And, well, surprise, surprise, Robocop shows up, right? Right. And then he drops one of my favorite lines in the entire franchise. Come quietly or there will be trouble. Yeah. I just love how he delivers yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. that, that trouble. Right. And then we get this kick-ass shootout where basically yes. the goons is going all E-team on Robocop, right? Where they're just hitting everything around him to the side yep. of him and at him as well too. And Robocop is just like one shot, blah, or just one small little volley shot, blah. And it's just people dropping like flies, right? Uh, and he just makes it look so easy, right? Uh, Clarence tries to escape by jumping onto a roof, and then, well, it just caves onto him, right? And he falls straight to the floor. I thought that was a really clever moment, right? So Robocop proceeds to arrest Clarence, and Clarence, being the asshole that he is, start cussing him out, right? And actually, after being pretty much being thrown through three windows, three windows, <laughs> Clarence just spills the beans, right? He's just more, like, more, oh, it's the- more broken windows, policing. Yeah, boy. It's like, it's it was Dick all along, and he runs OCD, and OCD right. yeah, runs yeah, Cup, up, right? Yeah, give him up one time, right? Yeah, I remember yeah. That. And, 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 and in a great moment, Robocop record that confession. I like that. It's like, aha, that's real clever. I like that, I like that, right? So after dropping off Clarence to the precinct, now Robocop heads straight to OCP, right? So Dick now, who's aware of all this, because he has this uh, special tracker designed to monitor Robocop's movements, now he prepares for his attack, right? So, in the process of arresting Dick now in his office, now something goes wrong, right? Robocop is alerted of a product violation, right? Aha, capitalism, right? And it causes his reflexes to slow down, right? And then, well, Dick reveals that this is due to Directive 4, right? Which is, any attempt to arrest a senior officer of OCP results in shutdown, which is a great twist. Great, fantastic Mm -hmm. twist, right? So, Dick now then activates Ed 209 to attack Robocop, right? So, yeah, shit is getting crazy here, right? And what's so funny about all this, right? What's so brilliant about this and around at the same time, right? With all the firepower this thing have, all the brute strength this have, um, this, this robot have, right? It get defeated by a flight of stairs. You know? 
that yeah. that is some smart writing, Jay. That yeah, is exactly just street just, level just shit. Yeah, that's a shit. Share corporate oversight, dirty. That's Cassie. They like they could just navigate something like that because they didn't think it like it had to walk over stairs sometimes. Maybe uh, you could. It's so the logic is that it is gonna be outside in some platform somewhere or in front of some door or in the streets now. Like it'll never have to navigate stairs. They didn't think. They didn't think of that. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so well done, right? So, um, a damaged Robocop, okay, yeah, he got damaged in the attack with Ed, right? Um, he makes it onto the ground floor, right? And a squad of policemen are there. And here, in my mm-hmm. opinion, this is where Great we get to. my opinion. Yeah. If it, uh, Yes, it is. It is. It is hands down the most memorable scene in the movie. Yeah. I would say it is the most violent scene in the movie, bar none, right? But I'll tell you why, right? It's 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 not graphic into uh, like compared to when Murphy got killed, right? But is the excess that's being shown on screen and made yes. that scene, that makes the scene stand out, right? Because this is this is what it is, right? This is I guess, calling out American police officers. I think, but yeah, yeah so you always hear these stories of, uh, like, okay, in my generation, in my time, right? I, if anybody know who Muhammad Diallo is, that is like one yes, of the most yes, famous. Yes, yes, I remember story. him. Yeah. You're right. It's one of the most famous stories about. So you always hear these stories about police Israel overloading on on people now. So look over the top, but no, that is that that shit has happened for real. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So just to describe the scene for a bit, right? So essentially, if you want to take the the Frankenstein motif of the film, this is the villagers, you know, right. uh, with the pitchforks and the torches going after him, right? Right. right. That, right that's right. what the scene is. That's what it is, right? Him at the the old um the windmill, the windmill. It's it's that scene, right? And early on, when he comes, is like you know he's one of us, but you know Dick is like no, he's a threat. Fire at him, right? And it's just the excess firepower that they pump into this guy, right? I know throughout the show, you just see like a bunch of guys, like, you know, they would just fire at him and just be like, oh, okay, we, we, we fire, we, we fire um, a clip, all right, that work, and then Robocop will respond, right? But imagine about 20 or so cops, right? Firing clip after clip after clip at this guy, Jen, and he is just being so overpowered, right? And then Basil's music comes in, and it just makes the scene even more impactful. But and it just feels so sorry for for Robocop at this moment, but it's to the point that you think this guy is going to die, Jen, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's why I mean it's that it's this is the most violent scene because of how you just really feel it in your gut, boy. Like, nah, boy, like these guys just like they're killing one of their own, Jen, and it's just yeah. so. It's so ungrateful, you know what I mean? What's going yeah. on, right? No, so it's how, it's how, how, they, how it's pulled off, too. Yeah, what, what makes it look is how he just, how, how um, Murphy walking away, how he's struggling and catching the ass. And yeah, yes, that's And, and, and yeah. honestly, it's, it's a hard scene to watch here, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it works, but it totally works. And you get the point where you, you really get what Paul coming from with that scene. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Uh, uh, but the person, the person I remember, Amadou Diallo, not Mohamed Diallo, sorry. Oh, uh, right, 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 you're right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, it, it just nailed that whole conceit of it. It's like, hey, boy, he's just really swing. No, yeah, him struggling, him getting up again. The the, the mind work there. He really selling the body, the body, body language of it. Yeah, uh, Peter it's, Weller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even more ironic, dread is a freaking company man telling all you to do this, you know. Not yeah. some police captain, you know. A company man just come and yeah, say, yeah, exactly. "You fire yeah. and kill this cop right now." You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so it's such a great scene, but you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, thankfully, Robocop crawls and rolls and falls his way onto the lower section of the ca- of of this car park of of the car park, right? The OC right. I, if I remember correctly, this had some real good um. Yeah, this is where they had the most clever uh matte painting stuff because you're seeing how basically how tall the buildings are. The taller than they, they should look. Uh, oh, right, yes, yes, you're yeah. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So stuff like um, this, yeah, really convincing, or how five fall kind of thing. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. 
um, Lewis shows up. It's it's, it's kind of convenient that she show up, but whatever. It's, it's a 80s movie, whatever, and, and saves her, right? And he made a decision, right, to follow that scene with a car commercial, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this stop it's motion lost. dinosaur is walking through a city, real Godzilla style kind of shit going on, right? And it's for what is this way? It's Lux. for um, the Sox 6000. Sox 6000, yeah. But how I saw it, like in terms of how it comes in right after that really impactful scene, right? I think what it's trying to say metaphorically is Robocop the dinosaur or the car, right? But when you really think about it, see that is a commercial, he's kind of both. He's, he's kind of both. He is a product, right? And, you know, it's it's just kind of meant to sell something. But, you know, it could be easily disposed of. Hence what we saw earlier there with, with our shootout, right? But this, that decision alone is it, subtle, but I just love that decision to just put this car commercial right after this really brutal shootout, right? Brilliant, right? So... Even more, well, I mean, adding to the uh, to the irony, right, is this early news report, right? Uh, the top story is that some laser cannon from some space station fired accidentally at some homes in Santa Barbara. And, well, you know, cops are striking because of the cop killings, right? But nothing about that shootout at the OCP building, you know, the night right, before. Yeah, nothing about Robocop. Absolutely nothing about and that. And it's, it's a big, a big cover-up because, because he killed Morton. He kind of want to kill the project too now. Um... You know, yeah, it have no news about Robocop. Even though he's supposed, even though like just prior to that, he was a big celebrity. Though. Nothing about it because they kind of wanted to slowly kill the project and everybody go forget. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Clarence now, well, he's he's free apparently, right? So he visits right. Dick at his office, right? Um, Dick pretty much, be, uh, well, he make him out for for spilling the beans on him, of course. He well, to to uh, me to be fair, Clarence didn't know that that Robocop was recording his con, uh, recorded his confession, right? Yeah, but, you know, yeah you know, Dick was like. Dog, yeah. the man's record shit. So what the hell, Joe? Were you, were you, were you spilling beans? What, what the fuck, right? Right. right? right. So he pretty much orders Clarence now to kill Robocop, right? Um, but he promised him that, you know, when Delta City is being established, he could be the one that's running devices. So that's um, gambling, drugs, prostitution, all that kind of stuff, right? While construction going on. That, 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 that's how much of a motherfucker um, Dick is. He's not even going to wait until Delta City is constructed. Eh? He doing yeah. this during the construction. Eh? But anyway, right? That's yeah, and Clarence is given the Robo tra- uh, Robocop tracker, and he's given access to some military guns. I love yeah, this. Yeah, another, like, where another, you get those guns from? Is like, dude, we favorite, are the military. No, yeah. we're pretty much the military. I love yeah. that line. Yeah, no, uh, what another favorite? Um, you know, it, um, sci-fi gun for me. This gun. Oh yes. That- what, 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 what seems well, you get to the gun in a bit, right? But what seems like to me is pretty much like it's meant to like. Is that is that even so much to bring down tanks, Dredd? It's like yeah. pretty much to bring down anything, Dredd. So the way how it designed with the long um the long barrel, like it's clearly meant to, to bring down tanks and whatnot. But yeah, yeah that like meant rocking that like normal, like yeah, we we told to this shit around, like you know, like it's a normal Yeah, it's a light anti tank weapon effectively. Oh, okay, okay. That right. right, that's what it is, that's what it is, right. But right. Uh, meanwhile, now so so Louis, uh, so pretty much Murphy is hiding at the old mill, right? And Lewis kind of shows up with some uh, what she bring baby food because they establish early on that's where he gets his sustenance from. And she also brings some tools for the man. So he bring um, this this cordless drill which Robocop uses to remove his helmet, right? And this is where we get to the iconic reveal of Murphy's face within yes. that metallic um, head. If there's one thing you always remember about Robocop yeah. is seeing the human face with that metallic head around him. I love that scene. Great, great, great scene. Yeah, I was going to say? Oh, yeah, no, there's some, there's some fantastic costume design, dude. Like, stuff the real hole up, dude. Like, it looks so good. All the little, little yeah, um, 
all the little, little you know switches and you see the little screws where it is and what cut it into the flesh and what what what's stopping what was machine and was man is great I agree. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, point, point for that customer design, right? So, yeah, the, the police the police strike is, is going on right now. So, yeah, a bunch of looting and crazy shit taking place, right? And here's where you see Emil now just, like, he just there watching uh, while he's watching this TV and this, uh, this uh, electronic show. And ironically, it happens to be the same, you know, I'd buy that for a dollar show, right? And then he just, like, well, like, I think he just kind of noticed people just start looting the place. And he's just like, fuck it, let me just uh, smash the window. But you're thinking you're gonna steal the TV. He's like, no, he just raises the TV and starts laughing, right? That's just a show the mindset he's at right now. He he does okay, right? But anyway, Clarence and his goons show up. Joe show up talking about how he was freed. Well, he pretty much just kind of walk out the precinct. He's still doing the ha 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 laugh and all that kind of stuff, right? I love this moment where he 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 he, break, he rolls up in the, in one of the six thousand um sucks cars, right? Mm-hmm. And then Clarence is like, yo, look 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 at the look at the uh, look at the, the guns I get, right? And he's like, yo, let me, let me try this out. And he, well, Clarence ended up taking one dread and ended up shooting Joe's car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Joe's like, yo, what are you doing that for? But, you know, I, I like the fact that, you know, Clarence just gives give Joe a gun and he just starts blowing up shit too. And he's like, yeah, the car don't matter. What matters now is the power I have in my hands, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just those subtle things, you know, what 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 means you know um what we what we really put value into you know for one second it was a gun sorry one second it was a it was a car experience is a gun right so it's it's the little things the little things in this movie that I absolutely love right all right so pretty much afterwards after Clarence and his goons like literally blow holes into the street right they proceed towards the mill right because remember Clarence have the the tracker right. And you get a sweet little shootout that takes place between Robocop and the bad guys, right? Yeah. In one robot, in, in one moment, Robocop stands in front of a vat of toxic waste. Yes. And Emil is like trying to run over Robocop now. And he's, well, Robocop just fired a few shots at the windshield. He sidesteps now and then the van crashes, right? So Emil steps out of the van and yeah. he literally looks like the Toxic Avenger, which is funny because yeah. even that particular movie was, you know, had extreme, but still bordering on cartoonish violence as well, too, right? But it's a really like darkly funny bit where he runs into Leon, right? He's like, "Help me!" Mm-hmm. And it's all like the man like bottom lip, like stretch all the way to. His chin. <laughs> and Leon's yeah. like, "No, don't touch me!" Yeah, run your this. But yeah, that 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 creature is that if you want. Well, I should say makeup. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. This is great. Emil at this point though is yeah, is great. It's it's eighties, you know, monster shit, right? But yeah, it exactly. totally works though, you know. But yeah, anything you have to say about uh, about Emil's transformation? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that classic scene, bro. Because the part after when he um, when he walk out. Oh, oh yeah, guys, yeah, that yeah. still cracked me up to this day. Oh, well, let me just get to that scene one time, though. That scene is so brilliant. Right? So okay. while Clarence is like driving away from Lewis, right? Because they have the little cheesy going on. He like accidentally runs into Emil Drake. He looks behind, right, to see where Lewis is, and then he turned front. You know. Push out, uh, you know, step on the brakes and then literally blood and guts all over the place. Shit. And imagine how the MPEE must have felt seeing that shit for the first time, boy. My God. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still a great scene, though. I don't know yeah. if you have anything else to weigh on it. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. So again, this is stuff, it's stuff like this is what really makes the movie, Jordan. <laughs> so that's how I do, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? So, speaking of Lewis now, she gets shot a few times by Clarence. Robocop shows up to save her, right? And, you know, points for Honest Trailers talking about, oh, you know, he's walking on water like Jesus. Yeah, literally, he is walking on some, you know, muddy water, right? But 
whatever, right? Uh, he tells Clarence he's not arresting him anymore. That's what you do, like, shit, like, nah, 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 like, that. that's it right now, right? And, yeah, Rob- Robocop pretty much has had it at this point, right? But, yeah, before Robocop opens fire, now um, Leon drops some steel girders onto him, right? God damn. Um, Lewis responds now by picking up one of those, um, you know, that those anti uh, anti tank, um, you know, firearms, and pretty much fires one shot at him and blows up, right? Boom, that's it, right? So Clarence starts beating up Robocop with like this small support beam, right? And it, like Robocop, this he's pretty much blocking it with his arm now, but in the process now, the the tip of well, pretty much create the sharp tip, right? So Clarence stabs Robocop in the arm with it, right? And yeah. then starts to twist it, right? Rel- relatively to two shit, I could tell this is where. James Cameron got the idea of the, you know, the twisting the bleed, well, sorry, twisting the sort of steel tip bleed thing. Uh, you know, do the fight with um, Arnold and Robert, um, the T-1000, you know, right, talking about right. that scene at the end. It feels very much like that in retrospect, right? Right, yeah. So, Robocop responds now by stabbing him in the neck, well, with the same middle finger, the middle right. knuckle yeah, bleed it's, thing, it's, right? It's a knife, yeah. Yeah. Um, in retrospect, I would have loved to see the stab happen, like, see it on screen, but you just kind of see like he moves the arm and then he pulls it back and then the blood kind of spills or that hits him on his arm, right? On his chest, sorry, right? But you do get to see a, 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 a cut back, a, a Clarence bleeding to death, right? And I mean, because he's just an asshole, you just, you just, you just revel, you just, you're just so happy in seeing him die, because yeah, he, 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 he deserved to die. He was a real son of a bitch, right? Uh, there's a nice bit of dialogue afterwards where Lewis says, Murphy, I'm a mess. And Robocop says, they'll fix you. They fix everything. Haha, you see? Get it? Because a reference to OCP there, right? And speaking of OCP now, Robocop heads back now to the building, right? And an N209 starts guard, right? And Robocop pulls out one of the guns and fires two shots at it. And it just blows up, right? Boom, what's boom. What's cracked right? me up is, what's cracked me up is how the camera like, just zoom into the N209 in that part. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I just love like when when uh when, when Robocop dries up now you just see Ed's legs moving. It's like and then it just drops, right? I love that, right? So we, we get another meeting similar to the one at the beginning where the guy got shot, right? Um in this case now it's with Dick Jones and the old man, right? Then Robocop steps uh well steps in now and then pretty much tells everyone that Dick Jones is arrested for uh wanted for murder, right? So the old man asks for evidence now, Robocop whips out the same data bleed, right? Yeah. And a real smart twist, though, he shows a recording of Dick's final words towards Robocop before um, when, before he unleashed the, the N209. This is pretty yeah. much where he confessed to Morton's murder, right? right? I thought that was like a real, real smart to, um, move, though. So Dick, though, being the Dick that he is now, grabs the <laughs> same gun from before and tries to kill the old man, right? And then Dick requests a chopper to leave the building and all that stuff, right? He'd he be real intimidated, right? So... I love where uh, I love how you know the scene builds tension because you just see that directive for notification just being flashed in his peripherals, right? Just keep flash, right? And then we just get another great moment where the old man yells, Dick, you're fired. Yeah, and great. that disables the directive now. Yeah. And the Robocop is like, Thank you. Yeah. And then fires at Dick, like just black, like black up, black up, black up, black up, right? And then, well, yeah, he goes through a window. Ah, <laughs> right? uh, yeah, this is this is well, they, they, they clearly kind of this um, this model don't look that good with, with Dick falling, the arms are a little too big and long, right? I agree, agree. And the film ends now with the old man asking him, Nice shooting, son, what's your name? A Robocop replies, Murphy, yeah. mic drop, 
talk done, movie yeah. done, audience chair, two thumbs way up. That's it. That's how you end a movie, right? So, in closing, uh, I I had an absolute blast uh, recapping this film, and I I just forgot of of how, you know, just how influential and impactful and this straight up fun it was, right? Now, you know, we could talk about the violent content for these, right? But, you know, in retrospect, yes, it is violent, right? But it's never to the point of being, like, disgusting or overly gratuitous or whatnot, right? It serves a purpose. I just really need to show not so much, well, in a sense, you can look at it as, oh, it's kind of a parody of how 80s action movies were. Because remember the 80s, right? They were, like, a lot of, like, schluck, like, a lot of bloody violent shoes right whether it was action or horror or whatever it was right like they they real amp things up right that was even worse than the 90s right so you could kind of look at it as a commentary on that too right but i also kind of see it as yeah like in the future though this is this is how violence would would look like you know but you know it's it's not like meant to examine violence it's more like to examine like american society and yeah how it would be in the next few years and yeah you could it's 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 amazing at how prophetic this movie was right even though it is playing on you know just 80s action you know schluck right pretty much right um what I also find really amazing about this show in retrospect, right, is that if you were a kid and you saw this for the first time, right, you would think that this was, like, the, the dopest shit ever, right? And you would think, yeah, yeah you know, I want to be Robocop. You would think, like, it's it's kind of meant to appeal to kids, though, right, because of the character itself, right? But this is clearly an adult film, but I like that the show kind of just makes that clear, right? But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can look at it now and enjoy it for what it is, right? But it's not a kid's show, right? But, which which makes it so funny that, you know, we had an animated show right after this. We had toys right after this. It's like, listen, well... It was, it was um, tank run. Yeah, the, ironic, the irony of this is he had a um, tank run or Reagan uh, for this, so... You know? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. D, for D, yeah, for D. Which is where, um... I forget, this is where they, they sort out everything. Uh, tank run or Reagan for selling them bills and sorting out. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But really, what surprised me watching this over again, though, is just how intelligent the script is, right? Um, not seeing it as, like, the, the best written script ever, right? Even by sci-fi standards, though, but just the little details, though, just the little jabs at American society and consumerism and capitalism and just all these little things, though. Uh, even right now to the character of Robocop, fleshing him out to be more than just this badass robot guy with guns and all that kind of stuff. But just, like, this really, like, you know, it's the, the man who became a monster, right? There's a tragedy in this character as well, too, but I like that the show hits, you know, shows it ever so often, but it does not zero in on it all the time, right? He's still a hero, but you know, he just overcomes so much, man. And yeah, you know, that that's why, yeah, he is easily one of the most iconic heroes put to screen, right? So, yeah, basically, the writing is strong, still holds up to this day. Paul Verhoeven's um, directing is strong, just his. You know, just just his eye for this like this have moments of of just sharp satire totally work here. You could see how it trickled into uh well Starship Troopers, which is also right. going to be turning well uh, uh, also going to be celebrating our anniversary this year. That's going to be turning thirty um thirty right? No, actually going to be turning turning twenty five actually 25, um, right. later on this this year right? But yeah, um, this is a classic true and true. I mean, not much more I could say about this. So rated wise, I'm going to give this a decent. A strong, yeah, to a de- decent or strong four and a half out of five. But this is one of the best action movies ever made, one of the best sci fi movies I've ever made. And even by action and sci fi standards, this is one of the most intelligent films, yes. like ever made, in my opinion. Because, yeah, you can look at it as 
oh yeah, it's just, you know, blood and guts and squibs and violence and blah, blah, blah. But even within all of that, dude, there's like just us. It's just an intelligence, though. You can just see it just permeated throughout this, though. I mean, yes, they get away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> to be real, they get away with a lot of stuff, too, especially on the on the violent side of things, though. Yeah. But still, <laughs> it's they, still they still don't, yeah, it's very hopeful, but they still don't lose sight of what, you know, the messages, not so much e-message, but the messages of, you know, this movie is about, man. So, yeah, timeless film. Uh, I do see this holding up, um, hell, you know what I mean, 40, uh, you know, uh, 25 more years to come, man. And, yeah, even to this day, you could see how much it has influenced, you know, sci-fi and action, um, you know, genre, well, genre cinema as a whole, man. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. That's my final thoughts, basically, on Robocop. So, yeah, Ricardo, final thoughts are rated. Yeah, uh, I have no problem calling this movie a sci-fi masterpiece. It's uh, an excellent movie, excellent science fiction, uh, you know, simple conceit, and they build from it. And, and what, what I love about it, is there's a meta conceit of the name, because I, I, uh, if I remember correctly, everybody hated the name going into it, Robocop, that kind of silly. But it makes perfect sense in the conceit of the world that is being built up, because, yeah, that's that how you'll sell a person like that within the world of Robocop. Yeah, it, just it sounds it like a product. product. It's a product. Exactly. Name. A, a product, yeah. right? Exactly. Little things like that. Um, Verhoeven, I think, if I remember correctly, this was his first time really, like, um, talking to a lot of, like, effects people, and he was, like, kind of clashing with them a lot to, and over what the effect shot should be, how it should be. It was a troublesome um, shoot, because uh, I forget where they were shooting. I think it was um, Houston, I think. So it was real hot. Um, you know, you know they, they, they went through a lot. It's a stressful, very, very stressful shoot and everything like that. But everything come together so goddamn well, and it's amazing. Verhoeven was absolutely perfect for, for doing a script like this. Like, it was just his sensibilities. I do recommend his older movies back when he was in, 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 in Netherlands. Uh, Soldier, stuff like Soldier of Orange is a masterpiece, in my opinion. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, I have to check those, because I'm, yeah, no, yeah, like, um, I'm just familiar with his American stuff, for, like, yeah, nah, instinct, yeah. um, you know, uh, even even quite recently, uh, Benedetta, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, not exactly. his older stuff, you know? Right, exactly. But his his earlier stuff is is but he's like an amazing filmmaker, and it's is really fantastic what we get with with this movie. Right? Everything just comes together so well. Again, it's a real shame that the, the sequels couldn't really build from this in any interesting way. But yeah, that's how it is. Um, I have no problem with with this movie. Yeah, written yeah, about a nine out of ten, probably a nine point five out of ten actually. More and more think about it. It's a movie that's get better in my head over time. Um, I, as I said when I was a kid, because I didn't understand everything and I was dumb, I always thought Robocop Two was a better movie. Not true. Right, this is clearly the superior film. Um, it just it just works so well, comes together so well. Um, great, great story and action. Great, just great character stuff. They just as Murphy, what Murphy is, what Murphy represents, and what he's trying to do. And yeah, all the, the cast, everybody just just did a good job of pulling everything pulling everything together. And yeah, yeah, nine out of ten. Love this movie. Truly a classic. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, in in closing, it's a shame that the sequels never really like properly built from the success and the story of the first film like because even in the world of robocop itself there's so much you could do right and uh, yeah. I, I have to give two credit for at least try right but it's just the, the the commentary just was was just was just not there man and it just kind of had me wondering now just in closing uh what was the like point to remake the film right um in, as, in I said, yeah. uh, no, as i said as i said with the, with the, with the, with the remake it's a shame that they, he didn't, they, they, listen, I like the director because Robocop, the only way you could have gone with something like Robocop is if you go international with it. Like, a lot of American and, well, to a certain extent, Israeli, like, police stuff 
they stuffed that will eventually spread itself across the world. So they, I thought the idea of Robocop is like, oh, they could have take this and then, well, this is this is the experiment for some geopolitical or some kind of um, military industrial complex something. And, you know, I thought he was the best director for that because, yeah, Brazil, you know, if you, if you look at Brazil and, and the policing and, and our whole history of how they treat the underclass and whatnot, it's, he was like the perfect director for that. He was absolutely perfect. Again, if you ever watch Bus 174, it's kind of a masterpiece. And he was, it, it's a real shame that he gets so hamstrung with this whole movie, George. But because it's not a pointless remake. Like, it had potential, no? But Agreed, agreed, yeah. yeah. Like, like I still but, think, you know, the, the Samuel Jackson character is the... Yeah, but the stuff, the, like, like the, stuff, the stuff they had connected to China and, you know, updating it in that way, no? Like, you know, where, where, where America is or where, quote-unquote, neoliberalism is at this point and so on and so forth. You cannot go anywhere with it. But, you know, it has... It, it doesn't come together. As I said, the main thing, I would have loved to see a, a, a R-rated version of it. Like, let's just let You know, get still to this day, I wonder if one exists, you know. For the life of me, I, I swear that there is a R-rated cut somewhere, but I, have no, I, 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 I don't I know. I can't remember. Yeah. I really can't remember off the top of my head, to be honest. Um, they, I, yeah. Like, I was so let down by yeah. that remake that I didn't even bother to wait until, you exactly. know, to come out on home media to see, oh, is there an R-rated cut? I just right. kind of forgot about it, to be honest. I just kind of exactly. forgot. Exactly, but it's a shame, right? as, as I say, a, a big, big bias towards the director, but yeah, um, as it is, you know, that's how it is, but yeah, the, the original Verhoeven film, classic, great, you know, they make it work right, 9 out of 10, well, 9.5 out of 10, closer, to be honest, yeah, that's about it. Right, that's about it, yeah. All right, so now we can get to some more contemporary stuff, right? So uh, we're going to talk about, uh, well, at least I will talk about the third episode of Visa Claw. Um, sure, sure. Ricardo and I, we will talk about uh, season one of I Am Groot and the series premiere of She-Hulk. Uh, Ricardo, did you see Tekken Bloodline? Yes, I did. All right, we will talk about Tekken Bloodline as well. And uh, we will close things off, I should say you will close things off with Orphan First Kill, right? So uh, let me just talk briefly about the third episode of Visa Claw, right? The name of the episode is Fortitude, and this, you know, pretty much follows from the last episode, right? So we continue on with uh, Visa Claw's journey, um, where he's pretty much trying to investigate um, something that, you know, relates to something in the past involving his team and whatnot. So he's investigating that, and it involves him reaching to the city of Condor, right? Uh, of course, tagging along with him is the, you know, the freshwater Trini or freshwater Yankee, if you want to call him that, um, Keith, who is played once again by Kendall Arno, right? Um, and, you know, as where, where the last episode stopped off now, they are confronted by this blade-wielding body with, you know, multicolored hair. And, you know, it's clearly an alien, right? An alien warrior, right? And yeah, the episode opens up with this really dope fight scene involving the two of them, right? Involving Visa and her, right? And then we learned that, you know, that 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 individual is somewhat close to Visa now. And apparently, like, she just didn't know what was going on, or maybe she was brainwashed. It's not really, like, stated exactly what happened with her, right? But clearly, she's not, like, thinking straight, right? So afterwards now, you know, uh, Visa ends up running into his girlfriend now, Princess Lura, uh, who was told in the first episode pretty much to stay back. You know, he wants to be all, you know, um, lone wolf and all of this. So, you know, he wants to do this by himself, right? But basically, he's been going on this direction. And, you know, to be fair, Keith was kind of helping him out on this path, right? But then Lura just pretty much comes and says, no, you're kind of going the wrong way. You're supposed to go that way, right? And that kind of leads to a little bit of conflict there. Um, in between that time now, uh, we, we catch up on Lane, who is still doing her um, 
still more or less preparing herself for her next stage in becoming this uh, badass warrior. And while all this is going on now, we have uh, Queen Lucinda. And, you know, Inferna actually shows up as well, too. And she does do a own mention of Maganolia as well, too, in terms of, oh, you know what I mean? This is, like, my investigation into these these um, half-human, half-alien hybrids and, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And I'll stop here. So what I will say as a positive, right, uh, this is a considerable improvement over the last episode in the sense that it does, it, it's still short, but there's, still, there's actually way more going on here than we got in the last episode. The last episode felt way too short, way too rushed, right? Like there was, there, like it, it literally felt like there was, there was like a few scenes or a few moments missing from it, right? Here, um, even though I did want more, you could tell that there is more going on in this episode, right? Um, again, you know, cinematography, direction on point, music on point, uh, visual effects, the few that we see here on point, acting is on point as well too, right? Um, you know, points, or I should say the, 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 the standout um, actor in this clearly has to go, um, if, I, if I got the name wrong, forgive me. Uh, Mercedes Petrovani, who plays Akuna, right? That is the the alien warrior who who shows up and you know faces uh, Visa Claw at the beginning, right? It's just the, the 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 design of her, right? The costume design, makeup, all that kind of stuff that totally works. Even right now, the weapons that she uses as well um, here absolutely works for me, right? Um, again, this is you know similar to the last episode. I do wish that we got a longer fight, but you know I, again, I understand. You know we 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 kind of work it with time and we work it with budget as well too right so but still you know see that it is this this like really cool character we could have gotten to see a little bit more of her or at least her skill sets and whatnot right also i do like you know seeing uh princess laura into the story again you actually get a nice little you know um you know one-on-one -on -one dialogue between her and visa uh but love the chemistry that you know both actors put uh poetry or i should say exhibit in the scene here right um it, it, it totally works so uh, you really do see how much they really do care for each other right uh <laughs> i really i really dig the character of keith though i just i just really love the fact that he is just a random treaty you know as he says you know he was just he just went out he was going to buy a bread and you know one thing let you know that he's in space right i love that and believe it or not it's only in the third episode it's only now that i realize this man was rocking a face mask I didn't even know that, you know, like right tucked underneath his chin is a black feast master. I didn't even realize <laughs> that. Right? So, you know, it's, it's like, oh, okay, that this this, this clearly kind of taken place, you know, during, well, I should say, even though I know it's years, a couple of years in the future, actually. Yeah. So yeah, I guess COVID is still a thing, but like, they're not an uh, alien planet, so I know. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they are, they are, they are. But you know, I, I, I still think it. You know, while he was going out for bread, you know, we were, they were still, we were still in a pandemic, right? So yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just that little thing that I didn't even notice. I was like, wow, third episode, I now notice that, right? Um, uh, if I do have one gripe though, is that this is the third episode here, and you know, the, the, the fourth one is going to be the last one, and I. Don't really feel like there's there's any like real stake involved, right? Because what I mean is like, this is like your pet ultimate ep episode here. So at this moment, it's like all bets are off. We we kind of know what's going on. We kind of know what the big threat is. So yeah, you just have the to drop. The last episode, isn't episode three? Only, yeah, this is this is what it is. This is what it is. Right? It's it's a four part mini series, right? Oh, I thought it was okay. I thought it was uh, short, uh, like okay, okay. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm like, all right, so at this point now, in this episode now, it's like all bets are off. We really need to see what's going on here. We need to know what the big threat is, what the big twist is, or whatever, whatever big stuff going on. And yet still, this kind of seems like, 
all right, with us on a journey, and once we get there, we will do everything. That that was a letdown. That was a letdown for me actually. Like at, at this point, even though they haven't even reached their destination, that's that's Visa, Keith, and to extent uh, Laura. Um, still, by now it, it should be like, all right, like here's where the big threat is, and this is what we have to face. So when episode four starts, I was like, you don't even have to wait for anything. It's like, we just start right off the gate, and then we just kind of end the story off gloriously, right? Um, same thing I could say to Lucinda as well, right? Like, still, it's like her investigating this whole Excalibur stuff. She kind of learning a thing or two about, you know, the, the hybrids on Earth, but still, they're not really sure what her, what her motive is or what she's really doing behind the scenes. Even by now, it should be like, all right, now I think I know, I think, I, I know what's going to happen, right? It still seems like things are still up there. We just have to wait till the next episode to see what happens next, right? So that being said, though, I do hope that with this fourth final episode that, yes, questions are answered and we do get, like, okay, this is really what all this is about, right? Because, yes, I understand this is about Visa and his journey and whatnot, right? But, like, what I really wanted to see, and, uh, you know, it's a shame that we have to wait till the fourth episode of this, right? is what this means for him going forward. What does this journey mean to him ultimately, right? You know, it's, you know, like, it's it's more of, okay, it's not about the destination, but it's the journey. But here, it's like, nah, it's really, in this case here, it really feels like it's the destination itself and not the journey, right? But it should be about the journey itself, right? What it all means to him. And I felt like we could have gotten more, uh, more, more hints of that, or at least more of a clear idea of that in this episode here, right? Uh, but still, you know, we we you know the fourth episode is on its way. Though I am still excited as hell to see what what uh, happens next. I do hope that this uh, this mini series ends on a really satisfying note at this point in time. Uh, it doesn't have to be glorious or over the top. Like I'm not expecting you know Avengers Endgame level insanity but still in terms of who the character is and his motivation what he's about i do want to see that kind of like come full circle at this point here so i do hope that you know uh you know that this final episode that's coming up does not disappoint here but in between time as usual you know you can check out the you know this and the previous two episodes on you know the gt caribbean network uh website and yeah i mean you know again you know visa claw is just shaping up to be a rather ambitious entry in this bill ventures universe man and yeah just can't wait to see what we get with this finale man so yeah episode four bring it on i can't wait man all right so let's talk about some mcu stuff for a bit right so um we, 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 we'll talk briefly about I Am Groot. And reason being is because, honestly, there really isn't that much to talk about with I Am yeah. Groot. But that, that's kind of like the point when you really think about it, right? So, in a nutshell, I'll just share my thoughts on it and uh, just, I'll just do my review of it and then you do your take and then we'll rate it, right? So, <clears throat> what I Am Groot is, it's just basically this really brief uh, season, like, Actually, each episode is like about three to four minutes, and we get five episodes, right? So if you binge it, it literally is like 20 minutes, right? And it's just these misadventures of Groot, right? Who, yes, surprise, surprise, is voiced by Vin Diesel, right? Imagine that, right? He get to voice the show. Like, what I mean? Like, you would think with a show like this, which really doesn't have anything to do with anything major with the MCU, that they could have gotten anybody to, to play Groot, right? It's like, nah, Vin Diesel is Groot. Vin Diesel sign a contract. Easy bag. I gotta do these five episodes. I just get to say I am Groot. I just do reactions, verbal reactions, right? That's it. Easy money. Could I do that all in a day, right? I wouldn't be surprised if you do all this in a day, all this voice acting in a day, right? And yeah, it's just all these misadventures involving uh Groot, right? And well, baby Groot to be precise, right? Now I don't 
I, I would say that I'm versed in all things Guardians of the Galaxy, right? I talk about the movies themselves, right? But what I've noticed is that, or at least what I assume is that these bits pretty much took place between um, one, well, sorry, between um, between two and um, Avengers Infinity War, right? Because he's still a right. baby here, right? Because I notice certain bits, certain locales, like, for example, like so case in point is one involving him, you know, um, on this planet. And I assume that's like the same planet uh, that, that Kurt Russell's character is. Like, like I was just looking oh, at the background for a bit. Like, like, ego, the ego it. planet. Ego. Like I, like, I look at it it's like, wait, is that ego? I'm not too sure. Right. Because I don't think it's just, oh, you know, uh, Star-Lord and his team just go on random planets because just so, well, you know. That, that, I assume that, that it's, it's all related to, to moments and incidents from the first two um, Guardians films. Right. I could be wrong. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Because the, the, the jump between... Infinity War, two on Infinity War is a long time, right? It's like much more years, whilst one and two was just like a few months or at most, or a few weeks, I think. I, yes, however, but yeah, I, it, I think so. Yeah, again, I, I can't remember. Yeah, but the thing is, it had to be between one and two because he walking. Maybe he learned to right. walk in one of these now, so he maybe he's yes. walking too. So I don't know. Um, yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, I, and, and, well, yeah, well, I'll just do quickly, right? And yeah, that's that. That's it. That's pretty much yeah. it. Um, it's it's held by James Gunn, even though he doesn't direct the episodes. Um, ever so often he will he will drop a um he'll drop a little voice acting line or two. Like case in point, he was he was the guy talking in the in the um the smart the smart watch, for example. And yeah, it's just it, what what it is in, in a nutshell, right? And it, you know, it, it, um um forgive me for comparing it to this, but sorry, this is like the, the perfect example to to compare this to. It's like the minions, right? Now, I am not a fan of the Minions at all, right? I still haven't even seen that new film, right? I know that there are people who love the Minions, who laugh at every single thing that the Minions do, right? Everything that grew and all this, you know, all the Minions do. Everything is just, it's just comedy gold to people, right? I don't really seek out Minion shows. I don't really see the appeal of them. Yeah. Well, actually, I do. I do, right? But I don't seek out the shows personally. That's just me, right? But that's not to say that I can, if I feel like it or if I have, I don't know, like some, you know, um, like, I don't know, like, like, let me just say, because they ever show up and they want to watch Minions, I can't watch so it with them and laugh, right? It, it, it's like that, right? Now, that's the only reason I just, I just watch them things. So my younger cousin and family just watch that, watch that stuff. And I was like, okay, all right, that's, that, that joke was kind of funny. Or it's like, oh, that voice actor, he from blah, blah, blah. Or like, yeah. oh, that's, that's Trey Parker from South Park or whatever it is. Like yeah, that, 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 yeah, yeah, that that's exactly how I see I am Groot, right? It's like, all right, your 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 younger relative who who loves seeing Baby Groot and laughs and everything that Baby Groot says and does, yeah, says right. <laughs> um, if they love that, you know, you sit down with them and you watch, right? That that that's really really that's really what this show is. It's it's harmless. It's fun. Um, I will say, like you know, like if uh, again, if you just love hijinks, if you just love to see cute animated creatures, just get into hijinks. You'll be cracking up at this. I was just watching it, like yeah, fine, fine. That I wasn't rolling on the floor laughing, but it's fine. It's harmless, you know what I mean? But I, I can't help but kind of see this as as you know the MCU kind of trying to do their own minions in a sense. But they couldn't pick right. a much better character than 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 Groot. M- couldn't pick a much better character, right? Um, that being said, though, I think where this show really shines, though, is the animation. By this animation, Agreed, yeah. you know, it's, it looks stellar, though. Um, I remember Piper, we, we, like we mentioned, Piper, um, yeah, it reminds me of, of Piper, especially with that depth of field, especially yeah. how they focus a lot of depth of, um, on depth of field, right? Um, a little minor gripe, though, um, I was not 
100% on board with the Rocket uh, Rocket Raccoon design. Like, like okay, props for bringing Bradley Cooper vo- um, onto this, right? Um, that's for the final episode. But I felt like, you know, compared to like how he looked in the movies episode, the live-action movies, here, um... Yeah, well, it's, 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 well, it's, it's two things. You had to talk about... It, 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 it look at a budget, you know? Yeah, it's, it's two things. You had to talk about two things. One, it's... Well, we'll get to this with She-Hulk, but yeah, we had to kind of talk about this this kind of systemic problem involving CGI people and, and who gained what money and why and who gained overworked. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a little bit of that. But I didn't really notice it too, too much for this. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, well, I, I noticed it more with the voice. Well, sorry, with the... With the, with the um, the mouth, the mouth. Right, um, right, right, every right. time, every time Rocket talked, it just, it just didn't look the way how it normally looks, so to speak, with the old, with the other films, right? Yeah. Um, the stories themselves are just simple; they're basic to the point. But the, 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 the where they framed and all that kind of stuff, where they said, that's why I keep asking myself if they're related to certain incidents in the previous films or whatnot. Um, maybe yeah. all this kind of happened during moments or something. I don't know, right? Um, Vin does his thing. Like I say, he probably record all this stuff in a day. You know, easy money for him. But yeah, he is grew true and true, and you know he he does his thing, right? I, I can't complain about it, right? Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's admittedly disposable, but you know it's it's a nice little experiment in terms of hey, it's MCU for kids, right? But you know, and I, I I would like to see more episodes of this in the near future. I, I'm glad they actually stuck with five, kept it short, simple. Is this like a twenty minute binge? It took me it just took me twenty minutes to just run through this. Um, it's not a show personally that I will seek out in the in the, in the future though. But if they drop a next season, I'll be like, all right, well, cool. If if they just stick to that same formula, it's just you know misadventures. It's not related to any real story or anything like that. It's just Groot being Groot and being silly and cute and smart at times, right? Then yeah, you know, what I mean, it it, it it works in that respect, right? But um, I would say this would this will cater more not just to kids, but more to to people who love like you know minions or you know. Again, you know, animated characters who just do crazy hijinks, you know, and, and, and just love to laugh at that. That that's the crowd it's for. Um, to everybody else, this would be like a kind of a curious. He's like, all right, maybe I'll check it out and see where it is. And then when you see, it, it's like, all right, well, okay, that's it. Moving on. Let me see when the, when the next episode of She Hulk coming out, right? So it's like that, right? So rated wise, um, for what it is, like three man, like three out of five. It it's it's alright for what it is. It's harmless. It's cute. It kind of does what it's supposed to do. It doesn't really do anything else, unfortunately. Um, but you know, it, it's a nice little experiment in terms of hey, let me let me do some MCU stuff for kids, right? And I do actually see this as you know, it's clearly a precursor for the Galaxy Galaxy Christmas special, which I don't even know if we're right. getting this year or not. But I feel that's what it is. But for what it is, it's fine. If you're a Groot fan, you'll enjoy it. Everybody else will just kind of watch it back. Like, alright, that's all right. Okay. Yeah, Ricardo, your, yeah, your review I, and review. I was just annoyed. I was just annoyed that this was a bunch of separate things um, in the thing because, like, why it, is, it couldn't just be one, you know, file or one thing in, in Disney Plus so I could just watch it as one set of shorts. At a, it had a stop and start and it was confusing as hell because it wasn't, like, it wasn't a series. So you had to, like, look for each of them in this separately. That was oh, a small okay. thing. It was dumb. Right. Uh, yeah, but in terms of the, the actual thing, it was kind of funny. It was all right. It was charming for what it was. A little too short for my liking. Um, but it's fine. I think, uh, forget the director. She's a big animating person. Um, animation person. Oh, she, she is? Of, okay, okay. I, I didn't know. Up. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she kind of blew up now. So yeah, it vibes. She, she, she got a little thing too. So I, I can't be mad at the other. Um, so that, but that is about it. I, I, nothing about it sticks with me in any workable sense. But it's, it's fine. It's moving on. I can, I can, I can get into it as it is. 
but yeah, it's it's actually pretty decent, all things considered. Yeah, well, well, what what would you rate it, or do you want to yeah, rate it? Uh, yeah, I don't know, six out of ten, whatever. Quite not, it's not like particularly funny or memorable. It's like, oh, I get why it is. It is it, it feeding a little too make for work program file. I, I you know it feeding a little bit. Size about okay. It. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right. So uh, let's move to the series premiere of She-Hulk Attorney at Law, right? Sure. Uh, Ricardo, if you don't mind, I just want to do the synopsis to this, right? But uh, yeah, we got the first episode uh, a few days before. Uh, you know, and this, while this was not a show that I was like really excited for, uh, I was just curious to see, you know, Miguel, uh, Tatiana, Masili, uh, if, if Maslani. I Maslani, oops, I. It's, Wow, as always, as always, butcher that that city, but I don't, I don't know why, right? I'm a, I'm a fan of orphan blacker. Right? Think about that, right? Yeah, uh, you know, playing She Hulk, right? And you know what, what really her story, or I should say, the character of Jennifer Walters, right? What's got, what's that gonna add? What's that gonna add? Sorry, to the to the grander wheel of the MC, right? That's that's my big curiosity with this, right? But yeah, Ricardo, take it away. What was this uh, episode about? Yeah, sure. So it's just yeah, again, it's a premiere for She Hulk, effectively. Um, it's her. She starts in, in a in a central concede just kind of practicing to do something involving law. Um, but she's already the She-Hulk, and then she just basically does a, a flashback, you know, using the whole fourth wall breaking conceit as a as a framing device. Um, the, to, the, the, the tried and true for uh fourth right. wall, breaking the fourth wall. Right, yeah. Right. Which is which is something that she's kind of the, the one of the first to do it in comics and whatever it is, doing it long before Deadpool. Since pretty much oh, since oh, he, okay, wow, yeah, I yeah. did not know yeah. that. Sure. Yeah, wow. pretty much since the get go of the of the, the franchise. So it's like cool. And yeah, they, they, build, they build it from what it is. And yeah, they just show basically her origin, like how she becomes She-Hulk. It's a little fast, a little rush. Um, well, to spoil it, effectively, is that she she gets a hand cut and it mixes with, with uh, Bruce's blood um, in, in a car accident. And well, why the car accident happens is a mystery because I only watched the first, first um, episode, but the car accident is, is an alien, one of the Sakarian alien ships from Tor the Tree. Um, because remember he was on that planet, so like they follow him or yes. something involving that maybe. Um, but yeah, that causes causes the accident. But basically, he kind of he kind of stabilizes and sorts it, sorts it out. Uh, it's a place in Mexico they go to that that Tony gave him, um, and that's pretty much it. It's just him trying to train her and make it make sense in terms of the um, the hulking of it. And then he he was kind of surprised that she didn't have like an alternate personality like he does. And you know, Sandra learned that right. Well, he. It have like a lot of evidence is that his childhood in the MCU is very similar to the childhood that he had from the Angley films, where he probably had an abusive dad, and that is why he his hulking turns out as much more tragic than the, than the average person. Um, oh, okay, like, that, right? that, that's a, that's an interesting point there. Yeah. Right, because the thing is, the other character who also has the Hulk ability, um, Blonsky, um, we call our abomination. He doesn't have an alternate personality, right? Um, it's only really Bruce, right? You notice that, right? Uh, she doesn't have one, and he was kind of surprised at, at her not having one too. Um, but yeah, he she she just kind of figure out figure out the Hulkness of, of everything, and it's not some big troublesome thing at, as Hulk making it all because he kind of just miss he kind of missed the point. Not it had very little to do with the, the Hulkness really his own issues that he had to sort out, and that's why it takes so long. Which I liked. A lot of people get into some dumb back and forth about how she learned to be Hulk super fast or anything like like no. That's not the Hulk part. It's the Bruce part. That's why Bruce took so long to sort it out. Because not only he had the unique problem of being the Hulk, but he had his own unique hang-ups with it. 
right, that she doesn't have, and she sorts it out really quick, really quick. Um, they do her version of basically "I'm always angry," which kind of works. Um, people again, you know, the usual crowd trying to make noise about it and saying, "Oh, that don't make any sense," and how Bruce so traumatized because all his friends died and everybody gets snap and things like, "Yeah, that's you miss any point." <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, whatever. Um, moving on. So yeah, but she she sorts out the Hulk stuff. She goes, uh, she gets um, she she basically comes back and they just they basically just the whole episode is just him and her sorting out the Hulk stuff and having discussions and conversations about all kind of things and it it works for the most part because a uh, simple reason um, Ruffalo and Maslany has fantastic chemistry with each other in my opinion um, they bounce off each other quite well it's not they don't try to overthink it or or anything like that it's, it's clearly too competitive cousins competing with each other that he he just kind of annoyed with some of her stuff she bright too he you know he kind of shocked it he kind of shocked that she she pulled it off this nonsense so quick that kind of thing there i think they're making it work for what it is and i, I enjoy it um we the big thing i had a problem with and we got we gotta we'll have to talk about it sooner rather than later uh the special effects um interesting uh, okay interesting yeah, enough, yeah. yeah interesting enough everything else looks good everything looks good because he looks good right when it comes to like light and shade and this kind of stuff, but she looks very unfinished. I don't know. I don't know what they did or why it is that is dicey way it is. And I'm probably getting to this big back and forth as to how much face facial information you have on the person you know, to make it work in camera to get all these different um cobbled together um thing because he looks good. I find he looks good when it comes to like lighting and shading and and in in the in in angles and in the dark and anything. And when you see him, he looks fine, but she still looks. Pretty unfinished. Um, somebody make a joke is is um, some few enough from Shrek effective leader at times, right? Yeah, again. Uh, oh but, God. Yeah. But <laughs> no, no, sorry, but, I would not have, have have even put those two together. No. <laughs> but yeah, it kind of it kind of feeling like that, and you know, uh, it feels unfinished. But and we'll kind of talk about well, ultimately, yeah, it, it's Marvel, right? Marvel just um the work. I think that the main reason why that didn't happen is that he his stuff is finished because it was finished back in the past, right? Back when you know this wasn't an issue, and now when the new work has to get done. Her, her stuff kind of not really um being done as as well as it can and again you know we had to talk about well marvel just not paying the cgi people or whoever it is how to get on the pay on how much how overworked they are and, and whatnot and so on and so forth i ain't gonna get into all of that but yeah pretty much that's i think the main cause of all of this and so every every one of these projects gonna start to look like that and because we're expecting movie quality on tv is a problem because but for tv it looks fine you know this still looks miles ahead of the CWCG, in my opinion, right? Even oh, the but best, of course. Of exactly, course. Even the yeah. best, even where the CW was at its best, it still looks way better than that. So for television, if you're, if you're judging by television standards, then it's fine. It's perfectly fine. But for movie standards, which is the, the standard that we kind of have um, for this, um, it's a problem. It doesn't break it for you or anything like that. I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, as I said, in terms of the writing material, I wish... Well, it's our first episode, so I, I know where to judge from it. But uh, I get the feeling that we're not gonna. They could go deep. They could probably go deep, deep with this, and they probably won't. Like I, 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 I to me, you have a real interesting opportunity because you have a courtroom drama, and I know it had to be a comedy, and I know we get in the Alec McBeal slash Boston Legal thing. But I really feel like they could probably make this interesting and deep in terms of like, yeah, what's what would be would be the what would be the precedent for legal conceits in the world of the MCU, where all this insane bullshit went down, and, you know, the law have to come in and make sense of it and sort it out, right? And it's not, since it's not, like, black ops and black side stuff and people actually, like, asking for their rights and, uh, and due process and whatnot, instead of just locking away super people in some super prison somewhere, 
you know, what are going to do with it, right? What, what are going to be the case? And who's going to fight for the rights? You can make some interesting ideas there. You could do a lot of interesting conceits there. Like, we get a little bit of that in, in stuff like Captain America's Civil War, right? Where you had a whole big jurisprudence argument about what should be done. And this could carry it even further. And I really hope that we get that. Like, if they, if they give us a smart conceit with some of the, the trial stuff now. Um, but yeah, um, first episode, it's fine. Perfectly fine in my opinion. I don't have any major, major issues with it. Um, I just feel it, they could, uh, it was a little rushed at parts. That's all it felt. Like, I felt it just felt like how, how she got her powers. I felt they could have spent a little time on that. But it, it's fine. Move it on. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you for the most part, right? So um, if, if if I do have a few gripes, though, I felt like this episode was particularly short. Um, right. Okay, clocks are like, what, 25 minutes, right? Um, and from what I heard, right, I, I, I don't know how true it is, but what I've heard actually is that this actually was supposed to be the second to last episode, you know. But oh, because they, they had, right. yeah, be, but there was some rewrites and reshoots that took place. So okay. they basically had to rework that in. But, you know, it, it kind of makes no sense when you think about it. Like, why would you leave this? Why would you leave that episode to be the moment where you show how um, how Jennifer got her powers in the first place? That makes no okay. sense, right? I don't know. Um, the problem with stuff like this is that when you're um, making conceits, when you're making, like, difficult conceits about, um, inter- in, like, interesting ideas for storytelling, and you know playing that up that's gonna be hard to do like because again we have to keep talking about covid unfortunately because i now learned that 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 marvel shoot all of this stuff in a block now so now like all these projects going forward like a lot of the projects still still gonna be affected by that like i don't know what new shooting is happening at that point in terms of the tv series now so that is you still have to kind of think about these little things Okay, okay. Well, I, I, I guess I will while whilst watching this um, series here, right? Um, also, I, I, I kind of did not feel, you know, the, the inclusion of um, Titania near the end. Um, that that, yeah, Jamila, Jamila, that, that felt a lot. Yeah, true, yeah. That just felt so shoehorn. You know, it reminded me of, it reminded me of um, okay, so so perfect example, right? The end of, a, of Incredibles, the Underminer. Right, right. You know, here's this new random super, uh, sorry, super villain. Aha, this is me, right? And now our heroes kind of suit up and go against him and then cut to credits, right? right That's right. how it felt like. Like, you yeah. know, it's like after the fact. You know, we once, after, after we know about the heroes and they went through the ordeals and they beat the big body, now they're back to normal doing what they love and doing what they're supposed to. Oh, right. and here's this bad guy, right? That's how it felt like. It's just so tacked on, right? Uh, but even at that moment, it was, it was, like it just kind of comes out of, out of nowhere though, because this is the middle of right. this um, of this of this trial, right? So yes, of course you kind of wonder what was the point or what it's all gonna lead to. But even there, if if we had got more time, you know, maybe we could have actually explored that a little bit, right? Um, yeah. But I do I do like how um, you know how the how this episode of course emphasizes on um, how she be how she becomes She Hulk, right? Yes, I do a bit. It is a tad bit rushed, right? Um, you know, people would will will I saw some criticism about that too, especially how she suddenly turns, especially with that blood coagulated. You know, um, oh gosh, um, Bruce's blood coagulated with hers and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right? This happens right. so quickly, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, for 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 the time allotted, they they do. They do, they do enough. That's all I'll say, right? Right. Um, you, you, you are right. Um, Tatiana and um, and Mark, you know, hold things down together. They just have great chemistry together. I just love, um, in general, you know, the, the idea of duality here, right? Um, there's always like 
through all the this this episode is all the idea there's this idea of duality and two truths two opposing truths right case in point the um this therapy that um that bruce wanted jennifer right. to go through right yeah it's about uh accepting two opposing truths right and it's you, you see it throughout their, their dialogue you know it's just her believing that yes i have these powers i know i should be a superhero because you know my cousin's a superhero but look at what made a superhero um, resulted with you. Like, you're in Mexico, basically, hiding from the world. Your friend's gone. You know what I mean? Steve not here. Tony not here. You know what I mean? So why should I do that, right? Um, and there's, a, there's a great, you know, it. I mean, it's it's, it's feminist. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to the show expecting that, right? Um, the idea of, like, um, you know, he's talking about controlling your anger and what makes you angry. And then right. she talks about, yeah, that's pretty much just being a woman you know all yeah, these things they, is they, enough they, for, they, for they, anger they, and fear yeah they do that you know? they do that considerably the whole i'm always angry idea though. yes um, yeah, yeah they and, make and it how easy it is in general for you know a woman to be angry compared to a guy right, right. you know that's how they explore that was 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 great and you know it it, it leads us you know it, it could open to some great discussion well discussion would be a part of but you know you could kind of look at that yeah you know she's right or maybe she's not entirely right you know it, it leads to some nice discussions about that right so it works right but but I love the fact that it does that hit you over the head with it, right? I know a lot of people don't like, you know, wokeness when it comes to t- to, the, to the TV shows, right? But here, it's it's not subtle neither, but it's done just well balanced enough so you get the idea, you get the point at the end, but it's not to the detriment of the show itself, right? Um, and you do get this fun vibe throughout it as well, though, which I do appreciate. Um, I, I, again, you know, similar to, to Miss Marvel, I do wish that we got to at least get a sense of who the big bad guy is, right? Instead of just this random villainess who shows up near the end because of reasons, right? I, I sorry, I still don't know who this um Titania character is. I just right. literally found out her name through um Wikipedia. I have no clue who this character is, right? But whatever, right? I do like that, you know, we're not doing the whole secret identity thing stuff for now. So yes, um Jennifer's friend um uh, who is there at the trial, she knows about the Hulk. So it's like, you know what, just turn to Hulk. I, I I like that. We're not gonna do the whole, you know, secret identity crap. That that's been Plead out, right? Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, that's to me again, you're leaning to the conceit because look, the MCU started with subverting that with fucking Iron Man. I don't understand why it is that they're exactly. trying to keep going back to doing that now. Like, it's so weird that they're trying to do that as a, as a sell point. Like, for some characters, it makes sense doing that. Like, I thought, even though it was, uh, I understand why some people might find it annoying, but for uh, Miss Marvel, it actually made sense. Like, her doing that, right? In the world, right? Yeah, but, she, 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 she's a kid, pretty much. Yeah. Well, she's a kid, but also the, the whole. Being, being Muslim now, like what it yes. was, right, what it was going with that. I, I felt, again, it, it could have sp- fleshed that out a little more, but it was still like, it made sense. But like for, if you're an adult and you see like a public figure like this, like, yeah, make it work. Again, I see all the rest of the episodes, so I'll see, we'll see with the, with the rest of the stuff. But for our first episode, it, they, they, they sort it out for what it is. Agreed, agreed. It, it does feel, it does feel very chopped together. Like it doesn't flow as well as I feel, I feel it could, but I'm not sure where, they, where they're going with it, to be honest. So like, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Um, also, to touch on the on the animation, right? Sorry, the, the, the visual effects. Oops. Yeah. Um, you are right in terms of Banner's design looking significantly better than um, Jennifer's, right? Yeah. But the funny thing is, like, when I, when I watched it the first time, I was a little taken aback at times of the, the, the She-Hulk designer. Because, well, cause, all right, like, I don't want to come off as this, like, connoisseur of VFX. I know everything about it, right? But it's the, it's for, for me, what I just want is that I could look at the character, I could see Tatiana, right? I, I'm not seeing, you know, right. uh, 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 animated image that's meant to look like her, right? Now, when I see, you know, Bruce Banner's Hulk now, 
I see Mark Ruffalo's face. Like, but when I watched it over again, I was looking close at uh, at Tatiana's face. I was seeing her face. I was seeing her features yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But also, but but on the on the flip side, now there are bits of the character itself at point at points not all the time. Eh? To be fair, at points where where it kind of takes you, it takes you out of the illusion. Um, like I was looking at here at some points, like no, but yeah, that's yeah, that's a little little it does, but I understand that is the design of the character She-Hulk herself, right? Um, there was a great moment where you saw, you know, the transformation from, well, although it's in the, in the cameras literally behind the actress, right? Where you see the hair grow, basically, mm-hmm. from how it was to the long hair. Um, and then it grows back, but then it cut immediately back to um, to, to Mark Ruffalo's face. I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting that we didn't see the reverse of that. That, that was kind of weird, right? Yeah, but right. it's in the... Uh, in the scenes where they're in the daylight and they're doing all these fights and you know the train all that kind of stuff. Right. That's where at points, not all the time, but at points it, it, it kinda look like CG. You know, it looks like No, it, it looks yeah, it look um it's gonna we name it a Polar Express. Yeah, Polar Express, yeah. Real real Polar Express, yeah. Um there's this one point, right? I don't want to spend the, the entirety of this review nitpicking, right? But there's one point in particular that almost took me out of the whole shooter. Right? This is where, yeah, that same, you know, um bad guy breaks into the into the um into the into the courtroom and they just kind of zero in on on Jennifer turning into She Hulk now. And she's like, I am She Hulk or something like that, right? If you look closely, the eyes, the eyes don't look like you don't they kind of don't. They, they, sorry, they, don't, they, they just kind of look off for some reason. Yeah. And I've seen this episode twice, eh, but every time I see that shot, it's something off with the eyes. Boy. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just weird. It's, you know? it, it didn't finish. It didn't finish. Sadly to say. Yeah. You're right. I, I think that's the reason. There, there's some shots that on yeah clearly look unfinished, right? But yeah. then there's others where it's like, yeah, I've seen it. It looks smooth. It looks seamless, right? But um, I, I don't think that this is something that we should be worried about for the next um, set of episodes. At least I hope so. Right. Um, maybe ever so often we might see a little thing where it's like, eh, tweak that a little bit. But I don't think that the VFX will be a major, major, major issue uh, with this series going forward. If it is, then yeah, there, there, there's something clearly wrong with the VFX team on board or whoever got assigned to work on this children. If, if I had, if we have to be picking this, every, um, you know, VFX every single episode, then yes, something wrong here, right? But um, in terms of just um, you know, um, setting up the teams of what this show is about and you know, the character herself. Yeah, yeah, She-Hulk, uh, this this series premiere totally works, man. Um, we're not going to read this because, I mean, this is a premiere episode, right? But, um, yeah, this this was fine. This was this was solid for what it was, man. It, yeah. it, it is shaping up to be a very promising, very entertaining series, man. I do hope that it maintains not just the, you know, just the, the, the style, but also the substance as well, too, because I know they're going to touch on a lot of teams involving, you know, uh, well, involving feminism and all that kind of stuff too, right? But I hope that they do that in a, in a really, really clever way. Um, last thing, last, before we move on, boy, um, I don't know if this is a thing or if people were speculating in this or if this is something that was part of some uh, Reddit thread or whatever, but I, I, I really was not feeling the whole is Captain America a virgin thing. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't feeling that. I, I, but I don't know if this is like some kind of inside joke or something, but like right. All right yeah. The one time before they saw the ship, that was fine, but they just they hit you with it like two more times in the in the post credit scene, they hit you with it again. Like what is some kind of joke that like what I not in the know about? Like why why is yeah, this that, such a big deal all of a sudden? It is it is a running joke in the MCU kind of small thing. Like they mentioned how I remember in, in um with the soldier when she said this is the first time you kiss somebody. As, right, uh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Like that, and then they had the 
the other scene with, with Sharon and is that that's basically what it is. It's, I know. A lot of, there's a lot but, of... But, but it being a big deal here now, how me thinking like, okay, maybe... You know, they're just speculating. Maybe somebody do like some kind of video essay about it. And, you, right. You know, Marvel Studios see like, oh, you know, be cool as if we have one of our characters address that same shit. And right. I'll answer that question. Ah, but it's and like... It, it, oh, the, the, running joke, the running joke is that she just obsessed about dumb bullshit like that. Now. Like, that's the, the whole thing. And right, so that's right, the whole right. thing. Another, well, it has something that has a little side effect that comes from that, which I absolutely hate if they were to, were to chase down. So it's implied that, that okay, so the, the actress who they say Steve loses his virginity too. Um, she's the same actress who plays uh, Star-Lord's mom in Guardians. Same oh, good? Yeah, same actress. So the, the, the in-universe fan theory is that that woman is the grandmother of this woman and it's implied that Steve is an ancestor, sees is an ancestor of Star-Lord, right? That is, which uh, I hate. Absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate it. Cut that bullshit. <laughs> that like yeah. It. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that sounds... That, that's all like, you just have way too much time with all your hands. Much time whoever keep hands. up with that shit. Yeah, Jeez. whoever. I don't really care. Whoever, whoever. It's, it's fake universe bullshit. I don't care. But like, I, I don't want to go down that, that trail at all. But it could be like a funny, like people talking about stuff in the world anyway. Be like, much like how you just talk about celebrities or whatever it is. Like, that's how I see the, the thing. Like, I don't really have... Like, you could, if you find it funny, fine. If you don't, great. But to me, that's, that's just a character beat. It's just a quick thing that... You know, Maslani's character, She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters is a kind of she's a weirdo. She's kind of a, a weirdo, and they make it work for what it is. Right, understood, understood. But yeah, um, like we said, you know, this this series premiere, well, she this show, sorry, is off the, the promising start though. So I do hope that we get, you know, a a, a pretty you know, decent if that great um, series out of She-Hulk at the law. But yeah, it's it's out right now. The premiere is out. So yeah, by all means, check it out, man. All right, so uh, Ricardo, you would talk about orphan first kill, right? So sure. um, I, I will confess something. I, I never saw the first one, the first right. orphan from 2009. I do heard you, do, a few do things you, about it. Do you, want, do you want me to spoil the big twist in that first one, or do you know what it is? I think I know, but you might as well spoil this. is a 2009 movie. I probably wouldn't <laughs> in a hurry. But yeah, what, what's, what's, what's the big twist with it? Okay, right. So the first orphan is okay. At the time, I remember not being wowed by it, but it had a two things. It had a cool poster for it. The poster was kind of cool where, mm-hmm. where they had this this mirror thing, and you know when you mirror one side, their faces look kind of weird, that yeah. are kind of uncanniness it. And yeah, that is what they did with it. It looked kind of off and kind of creepy. And they had this, yeah. So I remember having that cool poster. And then secondly, well, the big twist of the first orphan, she's an adult. Uh, it's not an orphan. It's not a little girl that they adopt. It's a big damn woman. She's like thirty years old. <laughs> but right. All right. right, all right, and right. Also, and also, that, that's a, interesting, mm. right? And also, a psychopath, so he's a complete psychopath. But let's stick with that, right? It, it, it's something, it seems something that like, seems so far fetched, but basically, how it, how the whole thing plays out is like because she's from the characters from Eastern Europe, and that's how she like kind of fall off the grid, and that's how nobody could check. And because she looks so young, everybody will like just take the benefit of it out of thinking she's a child. and that kind of stuff does happen ever so often, where you'll you'll meet somebody who well within their adulthood, but you think they are a child for some reason. Like it have this one ridiculous story of this guy who's apparently he was like in his late twenties, early thirties, and he was playing for like a high school basketball team for several seasons. I like what? How? <laughs> some Africa dude who like was a, a immigrant. Like all right, all the little stories. So that is basically it. Um, but yeah, the well, the sequel is not a sequel, it's really a prequel uh, called First Kill. 
it 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 pivots it pivots off of some information that we know from the original film. Oh, oh she did this thing and did that thing, and it builds from that working conceit of uh, the first film. And I just uh, I was so impressed with with what they did with it in the conceit of it, uh, where this one has a different twist, and that one I didn't see coming either, right? And where they do it in terms of like um, setting up the conceit of it, and I, and dare not spoil what the twist is in this one because this one is very clever, right? Um, I was expecting it to be real silly. All I'm saying, the reason why I wanted to talk about it on the show is because I do recommend people go out and watch this. I think it's on Hulu, right? It has a theater release, but it, it's also on Hulu. I think you could get stream it. Uh, is it Hulu or, or Paramount Plus? As soon as I see Hulu oh, or Paramount, I I, I have. I have I have Paramount Plus on my television, but I didn't see it there. But I remember seeing the Hulu Hulu banner somewhere. No? But yeah, it's probably Paramount Plus. If, if to be fair, uh, but yeah, go go. I recommend seeing it for what it is. This one has a a really really weirder twist for what it is involving other characters. And what this one does is that it frames her as the victim, like she's legitimately a victim this time. And where they go with it is so good. Like so, the first half of it normal. Like it was like it's what I expected. Like what a prequel to this? Who is this bullshit? And then when they drop when they drop the, the with a certain character doing something to a certain other character, when they drop the shoe, I was going. I was like, all right, that real actually clever though. Like that actually interested with a with a prequel. I was like, all right, that you catch me. Cause I really okay. didn't think like, right. I really think the writers would have come good and like we're gonna do with a prequel because prequels prequels is something that hard to do, right? You know, you have to like make it make sense and sit down. And most people will just, will just do the like the lazy. Oh well, this is how you get from A to B, and then B to C, and then that's it. And we and then you get you catch up to the point that you know in the storyline. And we just catching up with our storyline. It's like nah, this one does a great job of explaining why she's the way she is, how she's the way she is, what happens in it because it's some really really disturbing imagery, right? You will know it when you see it. Um, but I don't know. I just I just really thought, thought it was so weird, and they needed to like catch us with catch us with what it is and making it work for what it is uh yeah um that's all thing I, I would i would recommend it oh yeah the, the original uh film had cch punk as well so that's about it and it, that's it it's just it's just real hard i just recommend it written oh, yeah, re- oh, re- oh seven out of ten okay close okay. Eight. i had a lot of fun with it it was shockingly fun in that for what it was so that, that's how i feel about it yeah that's it. I, I did nothing too deep or anything like that it's just, all right, so 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 it's actually worth checking out as a horror, that's right? All, um, that's all, yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah, because I don't know, I I'd be like real picky when it comes to my horror films. Like I have to hear great news about it first right. before I even check out a, a a horror film. I don't just seek them out just because, right? Um, and that was the reason why I never saw the first film. I just always heard kind of iffy things about it, but I heard the the the, the twist was really interesting, you know. And now that it, you, you you actually told me what it is, like, yeah. Now, now that I know what it is, I actually do want to see the film now, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to see the execution of it now, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But all right, I'll I'll, I'll give Orphan and Orphan First Kill uh, a, a view. I'll give it a yeah. view, but yeah. And last but not least, let's talk about Tekken Bloodline, right? This is the newest Netflix anime series. This is, of course, based off of the kind of iconic um, Tekken fighting game, right? Why well, I say kind of iconic? Because um, compared to Mortal Kombat, and um, Street Fighter, eh, yeah. Tekken's there, but not as high as all that, though. It, it, it yeah. might be, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, 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 it always was kind of knocking on the door of, of popular franchises. It is the one, I'll say, ultimately took over when, uh, for 3D, when 3D became a thing. That was a game. Like, it was, 
it never like Virtual Fighter never blew up as much. And then the other two franchise games, when they started, when they came into 3D, they didn't really do it as well as as Tekken. Even though I really defend the Street Fighter EX series, I th- I think those are solid games. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, te- te- yeah, yeah. But Tekken Tekken is is the 3D game franchise. When t- 3D games came into 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 their own, that is what it was. And this series does a great job, like leaning on that for a certain reason, which is really interesting what it does. But yeah, let's go into that. Right. So, of course, you know, us talking about fighting games, right? We, we, we had to talk about our experiences with the game, right? But just, just for a while, well, our history, I should say, with the game, right? Just for a short while, right? So, for me, right, uh, my, my exposure to Tekken came with Tekken 2, right? I didn't see one to, like, yes, either, right? Um, I remember that being a big deal in the arcades. That was what I, you know, now got into secondary school. So, you know, I, I saw Tekken 2 there, right? But around um, Form 3, Form 4, right? This was around 98. Eight, I believe it was right. That was when I saw Tekken Three, right? Yeah. And that was when I was like, "All right, this 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 is a game that I need I need to keep my eyes on, right?" Now here's the thing, right? I used to play with like a couple characters. So my my go-to character was was um was Law Forest Law because yeah, he was the Bruce Lee clone, right? That's what yeah, he was. What, right? Um, uh, Martial Law. Who's Martial Law? That's a different character. Um. I think it's martial law, right? Martial uh, law, right. Yeah. Martial law, right? Right, right. I thought it was forest law, but I'm not versed in all things Tekken, which I'll talk yeah. about in my review, right? Um, and I used to play Paul, although I didn't know all of his. Yeah, moves, nah, right? Paul, Paul, Paul Phoenix is a classic too. I love Paul Phoenix. Of course, uh, especially yeah. that power punch, that that, power, that power punch that yeah, guy does. Yeah, that half a life day. Wow, yeah. that he does. I yeah, love that. I, I love half a life day. Yeah, power punch. Here's the thing, though. Everybody, or well, at least my, my 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 good friends that I know, right? So so King. so shout out to Nigel, right? He used to pick Kingdred. King, we, yeah, we, no, King, we, King. we went to we we went to school together. We went to, to secondary school together, right? So while I did try to memorize mathematical equations and history, yeah. one thing I remember it's all that kind of stuff. And I just see this guy just tapping buttons yes. on, a, on, a, on a on a on an arcade machine. Yeah. And doing moves with King that I did like how in the hell you know all this? It's just like this long this like almost like like a tap dancing. I just see King just breaking men, breaking men, breaking men up to the point that he would just hold a man up on his on his shoulders, jump into the air and break him back. First time I see that, I was like, "What? Yeah, right." So he could do the shit. <laughs> the, the 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 thing you have to remember about King is, you know, the one thing you remember about King and the user men used to be practicing it on the table or in class. The yes. Rolling de- <laughs> the rolling the rolling death cradle, the cradle. What you call it? Oh the, 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 god! Death when I see that for the first time, I was like, yeah, iconic. Is there anything King cannot do? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, King is is like the most iconic character in Street Fighter. I, I I can't really speak for the others because I kind of lost track of Tekken honestly after yeah. four. But yeah, I I would just never forget Tekken Three and King and the impact that left on me. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that I just used to be, I, I never used to challenge anybody. to Like, I just used to play the game on my own. I just used to pick right. my character, I play, and if I get beat, I get beat, right? I never got challenged to play um, to, to, to play in that game, right? Because I know nine times out of ten, somebody would have picked King and cut mass. <laughs> but yeah, Ricardo, your, your quick history with, with, you know, the Tekken games, especially. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, again, Tekken is a game I never get into. So, I, I okay, so in terms of the arcade games I got into was Street Fighter... Mortal Kombat, of course. Killing Sick, right? Ah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was... Well, and, and to bring it up, fighting games, I have to mention, though, my, my go-to fighting game, Soul Calibur. 
Still right, wanted right. that fight to give. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, was McGee. That was but then, so when the, when the 3D stuff came along, I was well within secondary school, but I never used to visit arcades as much. Um, so I never got into the 3D levels, but I was kind of into Virtua Fighter 2. But I got that at home for Sega. Um, so I wasn't, I didn't go to arcades to play. And then Tekken came along. And Tekken was like always better than, you know, the working conceit to, um, you know, to actually like to me, it, it really mastered the 3D game thing. Because Virtua Fighter was good, right? Good game. Great game, in fact. Right, Virtua Fighter 4 is still probably one of my favorite games ever in terms of like just, you know, tight controls and whatnot. But Tekken just did it weird and stranger. And yeah, Tekken just became a lot more iconic in its own own conceit for what it was. Um, and that's how I feel about it. But I never got into Tekken, right? Never got into Tekken. I got into Street Fighter. When the 3D Street Fighters came along, and yeah, there's a character in the 3D Street Fighter who's pretty much um, their king. And it's probably one of my favorite characters in fighting ever, Darren Meister. Uh, he's basically the Indian wrestler. That dude. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, right. I remember, that dude. I yeah, yes. and he have a he have his super is very similar to the King's Cradle. Not as difficult as the King's Cradle, but still very similar. Which, as in, once you execute properly, it's pretty much a death sentence to the opponent. Um, but yeah, uh, the King. Yeah, the, the Tekken franchise has also has hold the arcade and never gets into the universe in any serious way or anything like that. But it's one of those things that just was there and. I could see, I understand why it blew up and, and why it is the way it is. So, yeah, just, just seeing the franchise, you know the story real insane, but you don't know what's going on. Because, again, I used to be familiar with Mortal storyline, I'm familiar with Street Fighter storyline, but I don't know what the hell going on in Tekken. Uh, but, yeah, apparently Same Tekken. here, too, but yeah. Tekken um, even like from, yeah, even from, like, um, Tekken 2, which I used to play quite a, quite a number of times, right? Like, when you show me characters like Ogre and Panda and, yeah. you know, we this character and I mean, what's going on here? Like, is that like me just fighting some some badass fighter? Why why you fighting a bear and a panda for? Like, what, what's going on here? You know what I mean? But yeah, I know there's, there's law to it, but yeah, for, like, for me, I don't no, know it, right? you, What you do know is that it, it is what the, the promo material keep pushing in your face. So Kazuya, Hayachi, and then well, later on Jin. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Right. And it's a nice it. So, and this, this, I think this does a good job of just addressing the conceits. Like, I don't know if anybody who's super into Tekken will tell me what this get wrong or not. But like, this was a solid enough story for what it was. Like, I, it, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But what would this? Well, I'll, I'll do the synopsis first, right? But what I will say to, to kick things off, right? Um. I all right. So when it came to like um, Tekken film adaptations, right? There's only two that I, I, I kind of remember. There was the Tekken anime. Um, feature that was from I think it was from the 90s so I think it came out like right after you know the the great Street Fighter 2 the animated movie so it, it's, right. it's that similar vibe now but for the life of me I don't remember anything from it I, I just remember seeing King and King didn't do shit that's the only thing I remember for that I remember seeing that film in one of the earlier anime cities but if you ask me when the story is about I can't even tell you because I don't yeah. remember right and then there was Tekken Blood Vengeance right which I remember seeing in well back in 2011 i got the the chance to go to to the seats right so i went to neo comic-con it was awesome loved it and i actually saw the premiere of that film right it was in real 3d by the way that that's all okay. that's all that, that we talk about right 2011 shit right and even then i i i, I don't even remember what that story is about i i just know that it, it, it involved um zayu and that that's it. That that's all I know. I don't remember anything from it, right? But right. I don't remember really digging the visuals for it, right? The the um the um the computer graphics and whatnot, right? 
reason why I bring all this up is because, yeah, when it comes to like film adaptations, um, Tekken just never stuck out to me. Um, I mean, Mortal, even how um, <laughs> how all over the place is being used to its films, I remember those. I remember the TV series yeah, yeah, and all that kind yeah, of stuff, a, right? right? When it came yeah. to Tekken, nah, I don't remember a single thing. Yeah, I, I, point I, I literally avoided, like the plague, the live action, um, and um, the live action feature that, that right, dropped. Right. I think it was in the late two thousands. Like the moment I saw that, I was like, "All right, I don't skip Street Fighter: The Legend of, of Chun Li. I skipped it, so I am not. I repeat, not gonna watch Tekken right. live action. No, no, thank you. But yeah, did you did you see any of those um, Tekken? I I probably saw it in, in just a uh, passing and, and forget it completely. I probably see it in person. Like I don't know. The nice thing you don't remember Tekken will. Because Tekken is like um kind of like Fatal Fury and all of these other side things. Like if it's not Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, you really don't remember the, the world building at all now. Like Mortal Kombat, I have a very clear working memory of the narrative. From the origins to the backstory. Same with Street Fighter. You have a good memory of the narrative for, for the most part. Tekken, not really. You know really, you never exactly. get exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's well sorry, that, that was how I went into this one, not really knowing the characters, backstories or whatnot, but just kinda yeah. knowing that oh this is this guy. You only know you only know you only really know the two kind of major figures, right? Hayachi and uh Heiachi, I think. Yeah, Heiachi, Heiachi. And then Kaizuya. That's it. Yes. And you kinda know Paul and you kinda know martial law, but like again you're not sure. Because like you always assume martial law was like the star, kind of, but not really. Like, wait, is he like Liu Kang or is he like Ryu? You're not really sure. So I don't know. I, I think that was like the main issue with the game in general, though. That Was there like yeah. a real main lead? Was it Jin Kazama? Was it Kazuya? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember these things. I, 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 sorry, right? Exactly. But in a nutshell, what, what Tekken Bloodline is about, right? So pretty much it follows, you know, well, you know, one of the, the game's most iconic characters, Jin Kazama, right? We see him early on um, being taught by his mother, Jun Kazama. Um, you know, in, in martial arts, right? And then one day she is attacked and killed by this ancient demon by the name of Ogre. And from there now, well, well, before that, Jin is pretty much told to, to go and visit his grandfather, Heiachi Mishima, right? Um, right? And, well, he does he does do that, right? And, you know, right off the bat, Heiachi is brutish. He is all about, you know, I must train you, I must break you down, and then build you back up, and you must be yeah. like this, you know, like the most powerful warrior ever, right? And he, well, you kind of learn why exactly, right? Because first is like, oh, you know, he just kind of establishing his own Mishima brand of martial arts, right? Which is very, you know, very hardcore, right? But in essence, as we learn later on, it is about drawing in Ogre himself because. For reasons, because I'm not versed in, in all things Tekken, he is drawn to like powerful fighters, right? And this leads to Heihachi's King of Iron Fist competition, which he right. more or less relaunches, right? And yeah, he brings, you know, uh, fighters from around the world. So you see, you know, familiar characters. So you see Huarang, you see Zai, who I mentioned earlier. You see my boy Paul Phoenix. Um, uh, you see... Yeah, you saw, you saw um, Yoshimitsu, right? I, I really wish we could get more Yoshimitsu, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about Yoshimitsu, yes. So you see Yoshimitsu and, and some other familiar faces. You even see my boy King in this as well, too. Um, You see Leroy Smith. I, I forgot about right, him. Right. Um, yeah. You see Ganryu. I actually forgot about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And pretty much that's what it is. It's just a tournament going on a while. But really, at the heart of it, it just really centers on Jin and his journey, not just to get to become um greater as a warrior, but to seek revenge against Ogre. And lastly, I'll say uh, why it's called Bloodline is not so much his relationship with um with Heiachi, but also it involving his dad now, um, Kazuya, right? And what we learn about him um being 
more or less like well, what it is why he basically has something called the devil gene, right? Yeah. And it, it was the point that it makes him so incredibly powerful that he he beat he actually like once, like close to death actually, and he actually was able to pick himself back up and more or less kind of you know start this tournament again, right? And yeah, that's that's pretty much what this show is about. So yeah, Ricardo, what were your thoughts on Tekken Bloodline? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. For what it was, it, it kept my attention. Solid, simple arc. They keep it forward. And yeah, they make they make Jin a decent enough pro- protagonist and, and they give him a good arc at the end. It is absolutely hilarious as well. Which is, because Heiachi, oh my god, they make Heiachi so extra dread. <laughs> that one boy. He is... <laughs> just, just ticking off all the boxes, dread. Yeah, boy. I am going to train you like this. And if you ever beat me, if you ever beat me... No, sorry, what do you say, boy? Um... The moment you are able to beat me after what once you leave the ring and you can beat me, Jed, that's when you pass. That so you know? the only way you pass is if you defeat me. But I didn't even think he did defeat him. But it's, it's just all this it's just it's all this all this, all this unnecessary shit, boy. That is just do the bad dread. Like that is one part where you just you know, well, okay, you're finished. You know, you know, your lesson is over and you walk off. And you just kick the man in the back hard and so like, you know, <laughs> like chill out now. But um yeah, I I um I, I really dug this for what it was. I, I what I the only thing I thought they would have done is I thought they would have been like I thought well even though I, again I don't know Tekken law enough to, to know if this was viable or not, but I really thought that Ogre was Kazuya. That's what I thought was gonna happen. Um but that didn't play didn't play that out. But that was out that's about it. It would have been interesting if, if Ogre was Kazuya. Right. I thought that was the reveal. Like you 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 literally turned to a demon at the ending. But that's not what we got. We got something different from it. And is whatever. It's fine. Um, but that's about it. Because the ending is like, well, it's a kind of cliffhanger ending. Like, what do you do with it? Uh so hopefully we'll see Kazuya at the ending. Uh it's a lot of fun. As I said, the only gripe, kind of gripe I had about it is I wish. We got more tournament stuff, and they, they made the tournament more important uh, and more relevant. Like it was just a just a staging device, and uh, it about well a plot reason as to why the tournament existed. Um, small little thing, I completely forgot that that Tekken occurs in Peru, right? With the tor- tournament, I was like, yeah, why Peru? And I forget oh, yeah. that. Yeah, and I forget right. that if you if you know the history, Japan has a really fascinating crossover history with Peru. Look it up. It's kind of disturbing, you know, given the politics, but you know, it's really fascinating and weird. Um, yeah, that, that's about it because apparently, uh, they have a, a former president of theirs was Japanese, so it have a big connection. Um, I forget the guy's name. I think his daughter going up for politics now. Well, but you get my point. Back in and this guy got his career uh, as president back in the early nineties, so it's like that makes perfect sense. It's like it's interesting. That that's all I'll say. So that's about it. Um, uh, I had fun for what it was. Um, it works. I didn't watch it in Japanese. I, I watched it in Japanese a little bit, and then I switched back to English. Um, oh, I, I, I did that too, actually. I did that. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was one way or the other for me. But yeah, I, I had um, I had I had fun with this. It was simple. They, they keep the story simple. Just him training, him having to get from point A to point B. I felt they could have established friends a little better. Like he had friends, and they they jump a little too much. I think they could have built up and established those friends a little better because he had two friends. Mm. I forget the other actor, the other guy. Yeah, um, um it, it, it basically was Horang and and, and right. Zayu he had a history with, but right. how they were just introduced so quickly, it's just like wait, they, they right. know I each felt, other. I felt you could have probably you could have probably got an episode or two more with them building up um that conceit now, as it is. But that's about it. Uh, moving on. That's, it had nothing else to talk about, just right. So we had to talk about the main conceit is the actual fighting and action itself. 
it does something very clever where it plays because the original is janky. Like 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 I said, it was a real janky conceit. Like it was very janky. Um, the original when when it came out in the in the days now. And then oh, the, it, it, it talked about the character design, the movements. No, about the character design, the movement. How the game used to move and play back in the days. Right, right. And then this animation now is very janky as well. And it's something I I actually don't like this animation and art style, but somehow it fit absolutely perfect for Takendo. Like it's right, right. I see what you mean. Of, mm-hmm. Because of the same jankiness. And it's like you're really watching the game. <laughs> and really feel like you're watching somebody play the game. That's what I like about it. I'm like, okay, that that actually clever though. Like the, the choices made now. So that's about it. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I well, I agree with you, right? Um, well, just to touch on the animation for a bit, right? Uh what what essentially we mean is is that it it's it's basically um 3D models that we see here, right? But it's yes. I don't know how to describe it, but basically they're meant to look like 2D. But when you notice the movements, that's when you're like, oh, it has a sort of a, I don't want to say a robotic movement, but more of a, a sort of a marionette kind of look, the way how yeah. they move at times, right? Yeah. And it, it, it kind of fits though, but um, especially with the fighter itself. And also points now, you know, if it's one thing we, we remember from Tekken, is that when you throw a punch, you see like this this flash of bright light. So they, they, even, they even get the, the, the flashes of bright light too, you know what I mean? I yeah. thought that was like yeah. a really smart call, like just to yeah. emphasize how powerful these punches and kicks are. You know what I mean? It's always like, psh, 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 you see like lights there. It, 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 it adds it, right? Also, I have to give mad props to for for them actually. I should say the, the the creators behind this for actually pulling off some of the some some memorable moves from the game. Dre, like case the point king, like you know the same thing that move with um holding the the um the opponent on his shoulders and then just leaping yeah, up to the air and breaking back. Yeah, does that. Um, Paul with the power punch. I forgot. Yeah, we get, he, we, we he, get a couple he, power punches. Yeah, yeah, he does that right. That how it's pulled off. We get, street, um, right? Yeah, we get we get Leroy Smith. He the, the Wing Chun guy. Yes. Um, yes. And the Joker is as call this guy. Call this guy Tekken Pain. So he's he's basically he's look like T Pain. Tekken Pain. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> get it, T Yeah. So yeah, 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 but it, it, yeah, and he had a little arc too that was pretty good because again, hey, actually, he's a bastard and they need to keep telling yeah, yeah, you that because yeah, yeah, he actually yeah. too extra. The funniest is the ending with he actually, he actually just like just get fed up and pull out a blicky yes, like <laughs> it's like bro, that, like, crack, what? that cracked me up though. And, and he he did it's it's his mind to like yo, I try to save the world, I try yeah, I try yeah. to be this great warrior. I don't know about yeah. you, you know. You know? <laughs> But jeez, boy, that's what you could do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, when it came to the fight scenes, they they they, they were solid. That that anything yeah. amazing, but they were stellar. Uh, they were they were they were solid. I love how it stayed true to the the well text, you know, for the most part to um to the fighting to to the actual game itself, right? Um, but it is you know just mainly you know I, I should say like the fight choreography, the way how it's. Put together how it's um, designed and put together. I thought I thought it was great. Though. They really put effort into that, right? Um, if I have some gripes though with the fighting themselves, like yeah, as I said, you know, Yoshimitsu was there. Jenny. We see a snapshot of him, right? Yeah, so I've there's there's a moment in the middle of this series, right, where it gets you, you just instead of like what would have, what would have made a lot more sense, right? Show a montage with our with those characters, those side characters, right? Doing like a punch or a kick and they get defeated, and then you see, oh, this one beat this other guy. All you just show me is just Yoshimitsu beats this guy. This other person is that person, right? You just showing me faces and who defeat who. You even show me like a little clip, 
a little moment, a little punch, a little kick, nothing. Yeah, that's it. You, you, you're telling me y'all didn't have any 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 money in our budget to show me this one scene? Like, you couldn't you even do yeah, that? Yeah, like, we could have get any more. Could we could get, get a little montage, bro. You know what I mean? Everything, everything was just saying, tournament show. Yeah, everything was just kind of off camera. I was like, yeah. like, like we could have seen the bear fight, dude. Like Paul versus bear. Yes, Paul. Yeah, Paul yeah. talk about um. Yeah, he fight bear. What? What's his name? Puma. I think the name of the yeah, bears, right? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. He just kind of mentions, oh, well, uh, uh, referring to the English job here. Yeah, the, you know, I, I, this, this tournament is crazy. Yeah, I just fought a bear. That would have been a great moment to just show a scene where you just do a power punch to to, to, to Puma. That would have been a great moment. Just, right. just show that 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 moment and then cut back to him. And you, yeah, the audience will understand where you're coming from. But because of those little bits though, it, it relies on it, you know, the fans will be like, oh yeah, I know who it is. But still, you want to see it, right? Um the King stuff though, while while I was digging it, um I, I just really honestly wish I knew more about this character because they say something about him basically that this because in the show itself they just say that there's two versions of him. The second king, right? Uh, yeah. yeah the second I know king I know it's a, I know that a second king, right? Right, but like still to this day, I don't even know if if King is just this guy with this like this luchador mask that looks like a jaguar, or if it is literally a jaguar man. I I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. And you show itself, don't even stop to tell me yeah, what it is or who he is. Sorry, I don't even know, right? Um, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you get bits of moments like that, right? Where characters kind of do things, and it's like, all right, how? But because the show just, I have to give praise for this. The show just say, here's what this is a fighting game. We're not even going to explain much. We're going to just give you just enough for you to understand. All right, this is a character that fight the game. Just roll with it, right? So, yes, you're right, Ricardo. I, I, I do praise the simplicity of it. It just kind of knew what it was, right? It wasn't trying to be anything overly different or spectacular. It's just like, all right, characters are fighting the game in this world. We have to have a reason to get them to fight. So be it, right? Um, I was really like it, Zayu Dread. I was, I was like it, how overconfident she was, though. But you see how it kind of comes back at the um, later on, though. Um, it, it, it sucked that we didn't see more of um, Julia, but like she just kind of shows up in one scene again while trying to kill um, Hiachi because Hiachi is a son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, we don't really see much of her after that, though, which, which, which sucked, right? Um, I was like in the rivalry between Jin and Horang. That was cool, but. You know, um, they really could have established early on their relationship because literally there's a montage, a training montage of all things, where in one scene, Jin literally like walking on a road and he actually, sorry, Huarang like just challenged him out to the blue. Same yeah. with, with Zayu, she just challenged him out to the blue and you don't even know if they have a pass, you even know that, right? Um, Paul is, is Paul. Paul, Paul do heating. Um, I actually did like the, the English dub. And speaking right. of the English dub, I thought that the English dub was, was pretty fine. It was, it was fine for what it was. I know a lot of people kind of don't dig English dubs when it comes to, you know, anime, but I thought that this one was, was serviceable, right? But um, this is where it leads to the dialogue, where the dialogue is, is pretty much standard, basic, I have to be the best warrior ever. I must treat you like this. This is like the ultimate fight. It's it's that, right? I see it basically with the, the dialogue that they give Heiachi, boy. Like, Heiachi's a great villain in this way, but his dialogue, boy, right. woo, it is. All right, if you've seen one villain who... The man, the man real extra, John. Yeah, he real extra, boy. He is, just, he is just that guy who will just feed you this bullshit about beating you down to the ground and then building you back up to become the ultimate badass. And then the man still had the call to sacrifice Jin in the end. Just because, but we, we wouldn't say how, right? Uh, if I do have another gripe too is, well, all right. So I will say the, 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 the final fight 
which involves Ogre was great. I like that he do the role. Kai literally forget this guy, the uh, characters do specific moves. Eh? That's yeah. reminded of that in this show, right? But where the where the show ends ultimately, I was I was let down by uh, honestly, by because right. it was just kind of like like we just did like all right, what gonna happen next? Uh, like it just kind of ends there. It's like yeah, we just gonna end it there. No, like it's a cliffhanger, yes, but still, it's just like well. Yeah, that that's it. That that's how you're gonna end this show. Sorry, bye. Right, but yeah, we kind of got a little bit more out of that though, because then that that kind of leads into something even more serious with Jin and you know his dad and all that too, right? But still, at the end of the day, it is uh, anime based off of a fighting game. You get what you get. Um, but you know because we are not versed in all things Tekken, we can't really say for sure if it's stuck to the source material very well. I I, I feel like it does. Like it's just so straightforward. I like I feel like yeah, this is the you know Jin's backstory. Like this is exactly how it played out, right? Uh, I I I would like to know how how deep this storyline goes. By matches way more insane and you know stuff like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, right? Um, and not just with the other characters, but let's see type of characters that we that that are in this 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 franchise as a whole, right? But yeah, in terms of just capturing the vibe of this game, I thought it would. Like I made a joke on Facebook, it reminded me of watching other people play Tekken in the arcade. That's really how it felt like, right? It does take itself a little too seriously at times, though. But ultimately, it is still fun. It do, it is you know your, your, your typical martial arts action stuff. So you kind of know what to expect from it, right? Um, animation solid for what it is. Voice actors solid for what it is. Story is flimsy, but it's serviceable and it works yeah. for what it is. And yeah, ultimately, I I enjoy this way more than I expected. Like I just thought it's going to be, you know, yet another forgettable Tekken um, film adaptation. But I would say this is easily the best one that we've gotten that um, thus far. And I am also taking into account that that live action film that came out in two in the two um two thousands. Eh? So, yeah, if I can read this, uh, like to decent trade, I have one of five, man. I'll say it's worth checking out. Um, I imagine if you are a, a diehard Tekken fan, you will enjoy it. I, I would love to see a diehard fan that picked this show and be like, well, no, this is not Jin's backstory, and why is it actually like this? I would love to hear that, right? But I yeah. would say that even if you, if it, if it is marginally familiar with Tekken, you, you will still enjoy it for what it is. It's cheesy, it's over the top. But it's fun and it's from a fighting game, so you get what you get. And really, truly, that's that's all we need us with this, right? Um, and in closing, I don't know if we will get a second season in the near future. I do hope we do, especially the way how this um this season here ends. Okay, it would suck if we don't get a second season. I'll uh, just say that right off the bat, right? Yeah. But yeah, this 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 is shaping up. I would say to be a really, really promising and very entertaining anime series as a whole in terms of Netflix output, man. So, right. yeah, Netflix, don't, don't, don't cancel this. We need a second season. The, the, the fans seeing this. We, 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 we want a second season of this, right? So, Ricardo, final thoughts and return. Yeah, no, I, I found it very silly. Again, we, we could have, it could have fleshed it out and, and, you know, get a little more better connective tissue in terms of some of the narrative stuff, especially with him and his friends. Like, you have these, they're supposedly this trio of friends and they kind of introduce them halfway, halfway, and by the end of the series, in the end of the season, they're acting as if, you know, we know these people from the beginning. They could have set it up a little better. Um, like the school, like they keep talking about the school that she get through in, and, you know, they connected to it. It's like, wait, do right. you know these characters? Little stuff like that. I felt we could have yeah. just seen more. That's about it. Uh, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, like 8 out of 10. I had fun. Um, again, it what it does well is square itself with the game and the wonky animation. So it feel like the game got both wonky in the old way. So it feel, there's a certain authenticity in that sense. Um, so that's how, how I feel about it. 
Right, right. So, with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? Napasat, RMDDY, at RMDDY, on Twitter, and type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, you can find me there. In the description to this podcast, you'll find a link tree link. If you go on that, you'll find my Fiverr gigs. You'll also find my Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook links. If you go on the Facebook and YouTube, you'll find excerpts from this episode of BBB Radio, along with other episodes, and of course, retrospect reviews and BSB to Bailey. And uh, stuff to look forward to. Um, well, we are having, uh, well, I should say, well, you know, in the month wrapping up, um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting the Netflix movie Me Time. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to see it though, Ricardo, because it's star your boy Marky Mark in it. I know okay. you're not a Marky Mark fan, but he's in it. So, okay. yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but but the, but the one that I'm really curious to see though is Samaritan. That is, okay. um, yeah, from, from Amazon uh, Prime. Um, it's, it's basically, you know what I talk about, right? It's still a superhero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I heard about this. It's, it's kind of like Hancock, but it's Stallone right. playing it. It's like that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an Amazon Prime uh, release, man. So, oh, sorry, what's he? Amazon Prime. Oops. It's an Amazon uh, Studios uh, re- uh, release, man. So, I'm right. really curious to see how that plays out. And, you know, if anything, we may do another um, retrospect review. Um, you know, you, um, you've been talking about wanting to do one for, uh, for Contact. Um, that's Indeed. a show I, I literally have not seen yeah, we have years. Yeah. So it would be I've... cool if, you know, if, if we get the time, you know, we probably will we'll talk about it, right? And, of course, whatever, you know, um, good shows and new uh, movies, movies, TV shows and music, I will check it out. Uh, we will, you know, make the effort to check them out. And you, you can guarantee that we will talk about it here in this program. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This was Matthew Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And we're signing off for another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. Peace.